So you qualify. Hypnotize minds. Mm. UGK. Let's go. Mafia. Another classic, baby. Put some the OG version. Okay. You already know. Let's go. Fit to choose it. Lover never fuck without a rubber. Never in the seats like it. Oh, yeah. Money on the dresser. Drive a compressor. Top notch hoes get the most. Rest in peace, Pimp C. Like the fuck for $40 in the club. Happy Saturday. Up the game, bitch, it gets no love. She be cross country giving all that she got. A thousand a pop, I'm pulling billions off the line. Let's go. Smashed up the gray one, bought me a red. Every time we hit the... It's Saturday, let's get it. Yeah, some hoes want to choose, but them bitches too scary. Your bitch chose me, you ain't a pimp, you a fake. Let's go. zone right now <laughs> and then you're gone <laughs> let's go <laughs> shout out to the PAT <laughs> bow mount oh yeah So I start selling crack cocaine and codeine Time to Let's go paper. I gotta do it quick Thinking I'm a juvenile But they don't know who they messing with Yeah My mama's only son But I live every day like it's my motherfucking last one Every nigga and they mama asking why But I'm in the game Live by the, the gems and juice Hey mama die And if I die or should I say If I go Bury me in home clock next to the come and go Cause tomorrow ain't promised to me The only thing promised to a player is the penitentiary Happy Saturday, I hope y'all cleaning up today <laughs> Watch my back selling crack and pack to Clean up and vibe with us Think about that, you say It'll be on as a trip we here today But for next, let's go you're gone. One day you'll be a baby And then you're gone <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Pimp C. Oh, yeah. Let's go. When I first started back in 1989, I wasn't moving keys, I was barely moving dimes. I'm in the UGK mode, man. He recognized my face. I was paying off the law so I wouldn't catch a case. You want a free face? I got them hubbers for your ass. A boulder on your pipe and you can have a mega blast. Cash with the stack. Then it went to piles. Thanks to them dope fiends hitting crack files. Back in the day, we used to run up saying, Pimsy, what you know? I tell him, get this crack and get the fuck away from me, ho. Because everywhere I went. The original trap song. Because they knew I cut them 20s. And they invented trap music. Really, though. We ain't talking about no T.I. <laughs> <laughs> now they won't need me alone. Cause they know I got a whole pocket full of stones. Pocket full of stones. Got a pocket full of stones. Got a pocket full of stones. Got a pocket full of stones. Let's go. 
feeling good. Yeah. I'm feeling right. I'm feeling really good today, man. I miss Pimp C, man. How you think he would be right now if he was still alive? Now these niggas would be in a game right now, man. He would have called. He would have called all these whack ass rappers. He would be doing his thing, man. <laughs> they need more wise people like this in the game, man. Yep. Shout out to all the supporters who've been listening. We doing numbers. First time listeners, what's up? <laughs> Let's go. Shout out to all the listeners out there right now who've been fucking with the podcast, man. We getting listeners. Yeah, we love y'all, man. We getting listeners every day, man. <laughs> Shout out to y'all, man. Uh, good, another great mix by uh, uh, Fig Master Fig over here, DJ Figgy Fig. <laughs> What's your DJ name, man? Do you have a DJ name? I don't. Or is it just gonna be Figgy? It's just gonna be Figgy Fig in the mix. All right, DJ DJ Figgy Fig in the mix. D D D J Figgy Fig in the mix. <laughs> you need a baby to come say your name so you can use that as a drop. I know that's a big thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> DJ Figgy Fig, some goofy shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You got to run up on a random baby with a microphone and yeah. say, <laughs> make him say fig. If anybody got fig. some babies, hit me up. <laughs> you will be the new tag on this podcast. Yes, yes. Donate your baby to the uh, Gins and Juice podcast for a couple of days. For a couple of days. No, no a minute or two. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we we are back at it, man. Back in the full effect. You can tell we in a good mood. Good vibes going on, man. Good vibes all around. Jay Prince, tell people what they listening to today. The gems and juice. We are back at it. Back in full effect. Feeling good, like like uh, Figgy Fig said, man. It's been a good week. Um, appreciate everybody who tuned into our uh, deep dive into the J Cole album. Now, I don't mean to brag. I don't mean to boast. But I listen to a few hip hop podcasts, and I ain't hear nobody dive into it like we did. Facts. All right, we we really broke it down for y'all and gave it. I know some people think we was hating on J Cole. Some people think we was being too critical. <laughs> but when when like like I said last podcast, man, when you put your name up at, in the top three, you gonna be critical. We've been critical about Drake. We've been critical about Kendrick when he dropped. J. Cole is in there, too. We're going to have to be a little more critical about him, too. We can't rate him on the Young Thug scale. Yeah. He got to be a little bit higher, and so we're going to be a little bit more critical. But overall, I mean, Figgy, fuck with the album. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like it. I, I said I that was his best album since um, 2014, Ford Seal Drive. Yes. And, that, and that's yeah. a compliment because he had, like, two or three other projects. And to me, that was his best since then, which I think that, um, that album was his best album. That was his best um, 
uh, body of work. Uh, a whole lot to talk about, man. We got some topics to break down, and we also have a special guest. Uh, w- we haven't talked about movies and TV shows in this podcast for a while, man. We've been falling behind. We talk about this shit all the time on the podcast, but there's been so much going on in the world and so many music things coming out. We ain't had the time. So we took this podcast uh, to have a special event. where We just talk about a whole lot of shit that we meant to be getting off our chest in terms of movies, TV shows, etc. And we brought a uh, fellow critic, mm-hmm. a fellow uh, movie connoisseur, a film uh, uh, was Savant's. Yeah, <laughs> to to come in and break it down with us. His name is Terrell. He's Figgy's homeboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, very, very, very. He knows his stuff about film, man. He's not just somebody who's gonna come out with a hot take. So, yeah. y'all gonna enjoy that in a few minutes. But first, we're gonna get into some topics, man. A lot of shit happened this week, and we have to break it down. We start as usual with the new releases. Um, I forgot to write it. This whole, I guess, forty two Doug. Yeah. Had a song. Was it an album that came out? It was an album. Yeah. Okay. It was an album. Uh, I, I'll give my quick review. I didn't listen to the album, but this nigga is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't like this dude. I did hear one song. He had a new song with Future, and in that song, he had a shot at Lori Harvey. That's going viral right now. Uh, he basically said, uh, "Tell Steve Harvey I don't want her." Um, and he said something about the only thing I ain't seen is a bitch leave or whatever. And that sounds kind of weird because it seemed like they've left a few times, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you should tell you, tell your truth. Okay. But, um, uh, Figgy, what did you think about this album? If you heard it and what'd you think about the, uh, the future song and the, uh, cause people are seeing future is back. They like this version of say future. That. <laughs> they like this, a uh, toxic version of future as they say. So, number one, how do you feel about the 42 Doug album? Number two, how do you feel about the Future song? And is Future back? Okay, so the 42 Doug album is called Freedom Boys. Okay. And um, I got to, I want to say to the uh, um, the Future song, which is, it, it's the fifth song on the album. That's as far as I got. No, I actually got to the seventh song with Lil Durk. It's... 19 songs on here. I got the number seven and I was, I, I tapped out, man. This ain't for me. I was mm-hmm. listening a lot. I'm like, damn. So I, I originally thought 42 Doug was from Atlanta. I don't know. I think everybody that come out, I always think they from Atlanta for some reason. Yes. They sound like it. They all sound the same. Yeah. But uh, I'm listening. I'm like, damn, is this the same? Is this the same dude that had the song with Lil Baby? And, um, I'm like, damn, this dude sound like he from Detroit or something. He rapping over these Detroit beats and all this shit. And you know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Detroit music, but um, I, I didn't care for it, man. I, I actually looked it up right before the show, and he is from Detroit, so it, it, it makes sense. But I, I, he's not for me, man. I, I, ain't, I ain't really care for it. Um, nothing sounded like the, the um, yeah, 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 we paid song. <laughs> So um as far as the the um the the song with Future, I thought the song was alright. I ain't really care for 42 Doug's verse, but um I thought I thought it was cool. I don't I wouldn't say Future was back. I don't I don't think that's the verse that was like, oh shit, he you know he's back. Because if I ain't mistaken, I think we said he's back a couple times. The song mm-hmm. the song with Drake, the um I forgot the name of the song, but the um 
the uh life is good yeah yeah i forgot the name i think that's the name of the song but that's the name of the song yeah yeah i thought i thought he went off on that song to me and you know what happened after that so i think i think future is good i guess whenever he's in a good mood he could put something out he could put a good verse out on a feature but um yeah, I, that ain't a song I would go back to. I ain't putting. I'm not putting that in the Serato. And as far as the verse, I I don't know. It just seemed kind of weak. Why is he taking a stab at um Lori Hart? Uh, what's her name? Harvey. Lori Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. Why is he taking a stab at her, man? Like she ain't say a damn thing. I don't even know what she sound like. She 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 moved on. I guess I don't know what happened, but she looked like she happily married <laughs> with um fucking Michael, Michael B. Jordan. B. Jordan. Why is he like after a while this shit start getting corny, man? You kind of see why he he don't really keep a relationship. I know he's a street nigga and he out he out in these streets, but he's to me he's starting to look corny. And it looked like Sierra was you know lucky enough to get away from him and find somebody who really love her. But um, I I I wouldn't recommend this album to nobody. <laughs> I'm I'm not a fan. So uh, I would say this is not qualifies. It's a pig pen mentality. Pig pen mentality. Pig pen status. Okay. Um, I didn't hear the album. Like I said, the song I did hear, and based off of that one forty two Doug verse, I'm gonna also give the whole album a pig pen status, man. <laughs> like, what oh, the fuck is this dude? Pig. Like, I understand people want to sound unique. But this nigga sound terrible, dog. Like, <laughs> the, and there's some stuff I understand that people. There's a uh, a uh, acquired taste with a lot of rappers now. Like, I didn't like Young Thug when he first came out, but I eventually grew on. I think he also got a lot better lyrically too, and mm-hmm. and with his delivery. Yeah. So, uh, like, I, I'm a I'm a fan of his now. Like, I enjoy his music. I, th- I think he this more. I think shit. he more hands on too. You could tell yes. he actually producing music now, and he got to say so. I think early on he probably didn't have much of a say so, yeah, because he was on the Birdman too. So I think now he doing what he wants to do, and you can kind of see that. He's taking music. He's like Twenty One Savage, man. He's taking the music a lot more serious now. Uh, but this dude, no, nah, I can't get with it. If you're if you're young, like maybe this is your guy. Maybe you you're with it. But I, I, I maybe I'm just washed. But no, nah, I can't listen to this dude for more than. 30 seconds at a time. Uh, the future verse, I actually thought future sounded better than he has in a while. I think his last future feature sounded terrible. I want to say, what was his last one that he sounded really bad on? Um, uh, album we released, I can't remember what it was, but it, I, he, he sounded terrible on that. And uh, his last features that he's done, I wasn't impressed at all. This one sounded okay. It sounded more like older future. You know, he got the auto tune back. Thankfully, he's not <laughs> trying to sing without the auto tune because that was oh, yeah. a disaster. Yeah. But to, to your point, yeah, the future, like at some point, you got to be too old to be talking about this shit, man. Mm-hmm. It was cool when it happened with Sierra because number one, the Sierra thing lasted longer. They had a kid together. Yeah. So I understand you're going to go through it in your music. And you're going to throw some shots and you also going to express the pain of being in this breakup or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the lawyer Harvey thing sounded like seemed like it just lasted a week. Yeah. You know, they took a few pictures together and then she moved on or he moved. I don't know who moved on. We don't even know what happened. Yeah. But 
to people coming to her defense, we don't know these people, number one. We don't know who broke it off. So yeah. whatever. But it does seem petty for a man as old as future to be whining about women still. You know, it kind of reminds me of a, a sauce walk-up this future saying he was always crying about women. This was years ago, too. <laughs> he said he, he was called Mask Off, I think. He mm. made a diss song to Future, and it was hilarious, number one. And uh, basically, he at the end, he just goes on his rant, just shitting on Future, talking about how he's an all-I-need-love type nigga and all this shit. It was hilarious. <laughs> but a lot of what he says is right, man. He's always crying over some girl or, or, or being petty towards some girl. And after a while, it, it, it's kind of played out, man. You know, move on, do your thing, but and then bringing up her name directly, basically tell Steve Harvey I don't want her. Yeah, it, it was corny. I thought it was played out. It, you too old for this now, future. You you what thirty six now, something like that. Yeah, and he too old to be acting. And to like me, this. I, I feel like if if she didn't bring you up, or it's one thing if the woman was slandering you in an interview or something like that, she on the press run talking shit about you and then you might <laughs> throw a little jab or something in the song but yeah. damn she ain't said a goddamn thing we don't even know what she sound like and you just I, I don't know it's just goofy man at that point if she don't say nothing you don't say nothing it's just he, he kind of look a little bitter or hurt <laughs> yeah I think so he's 37 years old by the way so damn. almost 40 years old yeah. and, and to, to his defense maybe I didn't check the background on this maybe Steve Harvey said something in public because he's mm. always running his mouth so mm. maybe he said something about future maybe future <laughs> responded to that but still I think you're, you're too old for this type of shit man yeah. <laughs> move on but whatever so uh, agreed pig pen status fuck all that dripping these rap niggas tripping niggas slept the percocet out the system talking about sticks but you ain't never hit a nigga where the fuck did y'all get these niggas you went to college and rapping about bitch my nigga and you soft on the business nigga she said your pussy this is soft walker this ain't the song i was talking about this shit card too this one called mass on yeah. maybe it was something else i'm thinking maybe this is it i can't remember about the winner shit you rappers ain't with the shit you singing about it but you have not did the shit Get to the get to the very end of the song. Close the end of the song. Geometry chess scholar motherfucking kissy kiss. I kiss thirty. My son. Yes, is it? This is definitely it. This shit was hard. I need a girlfriend singing ass, crybaby ass, motherfucking me. I wanna be five years younger ass nigga. Oh, kissy kiss. I kiss. 30 rap dicks, model bitch ass, face ass niggas. Oh, motherfucker me, I never sold dope. I watched my cousin do it, so I was influenced ass niggas. Oh, motherfucker me, geometry chess scholar, motherfucker me, teacher's pet. But I ran up a chick with a nine and a brick while I was studying for my math test ass niggas. Man, Sauce Walker is a legend, man. I fuck with Sauce Walker. Nah, he really is, man. If we got him on the podcast, that would be a legendary interview. But I don't know, man. He he, wild, but yeah, that song's hilarious, man. And Future ain't never respond to that shit either. So mm. as he shouldn't. He ain't want no beef with the sauce factory, man. He yeah. ain't want that shit, I guess. Yeah, he should. Uh, so other things that came out this week. Uh, you also pointed out a Money Man featuring Young Dolph, yeah. a women's favorite rapper. 
by the way, Young Dolph. Yeah. I still don't got, get that, man. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. It be like it, it don't be like the hood bitches. It be like the bougie, bad and bougie yeah, bitches. The, the bank job bitches. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking like, lawyers. Like rapper is. <laughs> <laughs> they be a lawyer and then they be talking all proper and all this shit. Yeah. Like, young Dolph. I love I'm, Young I'm, Dolph. Yeah, love Young Dolph go hard. Like what? <laughs> They got a new song called Whole Lot of uh Figgy. You heard this song. What were your thoughts on it? Qualify the pig pen. It's qualified, man. Qualified. I, I like it. I like it a lot. My only problem is I I think I think Young Dolph is the J. Cole trap music, man. <laughs> his to me, his shit all sound the same. I felt like he never really got but he never took that 21 Savage step. It seemed like he always stayed the same to me, and I and I I I feel like his fans are similar to J Cole's too. Whatever he dropped, they say it's fire and all this. I I, just, I don't know, man. To me, what what he be rapping about is basic to me. Is is nothing different. To me, he I feel like he ain't really grow. So, I guess he just to me he just average to me. Yeah, but um, outside of that, man, I think the song is dope. I, uh, I fuck with Money Man heavy, mm-hmm. <laughs> so shout out to Money Man. All right, all right, qualify for that one. Qualify for that one. So check it out, women <laughs> who will love who probably heard it ten times already anyway, because Young <laughs> Dolph is on it. Mm-hmm. I got and a, oh, you got, you got another song? I got one more, but you okay. have another one? No, I I I'll get to mine next. Which what else you got? Um, so T.I. dropped a song uh, this week. I guess it's supposed to be a response to the allegations. Um, I believe he is now under investigation in L.A., I think, for the allegations of him and T- him and Tiny, his wife, uh, sexually assaulting women. Uh, all kinds of allegations talking about how they, he, they slipped something in their drink forcing these women to do things that they didn't want to do things like that. And there's quite a few women. I want to say like 20 something came out. Mm. A a lot of women came out to, uh, uh, and alleging that TI and tiny have been engaging and in sexual misconduct to say the least. Mm. And TI finally, after months of silence, I don't think, I don't know if he's done a podcast since this whole thing blew up. I know he's been silent on social media. I think he dropped a song called "What It's Come To." He uh, he released. Uh, is it is it out already? Yeah, the okay. video is out right now. It's out right now. It came out uh, actually this week. This I think yesterday, Thursday. Well, whenever you're listening to this, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it came out Thursday, May twentieth, and um, yeah, I heard it. I heard like half of it. <laughs> And some people were saying it was fire. Some people were saying lyrically he's sounding better than he has in a while. Me personally, I wasn't convinced off of what he was saying. He didn't really answer anything directly. It was more so he was implying that this is Pro. He actually said this was Pro part two <laughs> because T.I. is getting canceled for abusing women he thinks that it's he was basically implying that the man is trying to shut him down <laughs> and ti the, the most that. non-offensive at this point rapper <laughs> the one who went to atlanta when people were trying to burn the city down for police brutality and this nigga got on stage with the mayor and said that this atlanta is wakanda 
song i wasn't impressed i would i i was not convinced by his side of the story if he even called this his side of the story i i don't like it when and this is something i've said before i don't like it when when a black person gets in trouble suddenly is racism yeah like the same thing happened with Bill Cosby. Same thing happened with R. K. Like some some people, whenever they get in trouble or held accountable for what they may or may not have done, they're trying to turn like, the black man down. Yeah, they're trying to break the back. They're bringing the black man down. If they wanted to take Ti out, they would have done it a long time ago when he was still relevant in the culture when, when musically. He, when, when he got busted with them guns. Yes. <laughs> yeah, get, fucking seriously, man. Like, <laughs> they kept on running in. This dude had Call of Duty arsenals <laughs> in his basement, and he ain't served no time in prison. All he had to do was a fucking PSA for Crime Stoppers. <laughs> and now, now is some kind of scheme to bring him down when he's not relevant. He has a podcast that I don't hear anybody ever talking about. <laughs> and he's basically just a puppet for the corrupt Atlanta mayor. And <laughs> now suddenly the white man's trying to bring him down. I don't want to hear it, T.I., man. Like, <laughs> you just answer for the shit you got to. Handle these however you got to. Maybe it's women plotting against you. Maybe not. I don't know what happened. I believe them over you. I'll say that much. But no, nah, man. Like, I'm not buying his story. I'm not buying what he's selling with the song. Like whatever. If you just wanted to some, have something to come out to have people get back on your side, fine. But I don't like you. Not every. It's not a a black issue. Every time a black entertainer gets in trouble, it just yeah. isn't, man. And I hate when people try to parlay it into something like that. I yeah. really get annoyed by that because there are some real black issues we need to address yeah. and fix. And it's not. I don't give a fuck about a celebrity getting legal trouble. I really don't. I don't think that's a case of bringing a black man down. I just don't. <laughs> I don't have a lot of sympathy for it, man. So, yeah, the pig pen status for the song, man. <laughs> pig pen. The, the problem I had with this is, uh, I I got to be fair, man. I'm 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 a fair dude. I call it how it is. We we criticize um, Tory Lanez when he gave a whole album out as his response to Meg. Yep. I thought that was whack. Uh, you know, if you ain't do something, come out and say, hey, I did not do this. He did the same thing. He 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 ain't say a goddamn thing and released the song pretty much giving his side of the story. I, I don't know. I just think it's whack. To me, this ain't no rap on rap beef. This is this is some serious shit, some real accusations. And um, I I just don't understand releasing a song trying to I guess you telling your side of the story. That to me that's kind of goofy and that's uh, that's a little weird because the um the shit is still going on so mm -hmm. they could potentially use that for evidence. <laughs> so I I just don't get it. I I I just think that was corny. He was better off just staying quiet. I'm not saying don't release music, but it, it was no point of you know addressing this to me 
I wouldn't even address it. Yeah, and the lyrics were strange, man. Basically, he was saying that he ain't never make any woman do anything they didn't want to do. And if they had a problem and they wanted to leave, it was their loss. It's yeah. like, is that what's supposed to get us on your side? Yeah. Now I got to look at these fucking lyrics. So it sounds it sound like he actually, I guess, did the shit, but he didn't keep them under their wheel or something. Basically, like he didn't really <laughs> deny that stuff, something yeah. happened with him and his wife and these women. Yeah. So, so he was just saying. This was pretty much him saying, hey, um, I get massages. Like, look, <laughs> like, re- remember um, when the whole shit with Deshaun Watson happened and it was like, yeah. oh, he, he, he admitted that he get massages. He get massages like five times a week and he used different people, but everything was consensual. <laughs> he did not do anything under, you know, somebody else's will and all this other shit. He pretty much said, hey, you know, if they wanted to leave, they could have left. So the verse goes, uh, yachts on the Atlantic, please, let's not misunderstand it. I keep none against they will. If they leave, that's they disadvantage. <laughs> I mean, maybe they just don't want to fuck you, T.I. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean that's at they disadvantage, <laughs> but whatever. Like this song. Yeah, I, I don't think it did a whole lot for his case. Maybe some people will believe it. And some people like, lyrically, I will say if it, this had nothing to do with some rape cases, Lyrically, it's probably the most most TIs really spit lyrically in a while. Mm. I'll say that much. But given the subject matter, the serious nature of it, and the fact that he's trying to parlay it into some black issue and racism when it's clearly not. <laughs> I don't have time for it, man. <laughs> I don't care for it. So some people call me tip. This is a different type of tip. Some people call me tip, but this is about another tip. <laughs> <laughs> T.I. just a fraud, man. I'm sick of this dude. I ordered one of my T.I. rant. I'm not going to yeah. do another T.I. rant. <laughs> Google yeah, that T.I. No. rant. Search it, yeah. on, search it on the Gems and Juice Twitter page. You'll find yeah. it. Yeah. And I, we were about, we, well, I was ahead of my time. I want to put you in there because you ain't shit yeah. on that. You liked yeah. T.I. before. But, yeah. uh, I, I, man, this happened before he got canceled. <laughs> yeah. And I was saying T.I. wasn't shit. He looked like a shady, slimy dude. And you'd agree. He's, he, you said he looked shady, too. And now look at us. We were, we, yeah. we foresaw this shit, man. Yeah. We were ahead of the curve. Y'all y'all, y'all late. <laughs> but whatever. Enough, enough hating on T.I. Um, now, one thing we didn't mention, though, we never talked about the uh, the escape in SWV. Yeah, we thought, she, we thought Tiny wasn't going to be there. because I didn't uh, think she would either. Case. Yeah. She was there. <laughs> she was there. Was that I didn't watch the verses at all, but was there any controversy with Tiny being there? Did anybody mention it was weird that she was there? Um, I didn't see it in the comments. I, I literally went in and now you know you know that gift from um um The Simpsons where the grandfather walked in for this yeah. yeah. That was literally me. <laughs> but okay. um so I ain't seen nobody in the comments saying, Hey, why is she there? And you know, mention T I anything like that. It was, it was a bunch of ladies and they was um definitely enjoying the music. I did see a lot of people on Twitter saying how um uh, the vibes was kind of weird and strange. I don't know if they wasn't I don't really know the history between SWV and um um Escape, but um it, it, yeah, they they said it was kind of weird. I ain't, you know, I don't know why, but um, yeah, I, I, that wasn't my. I, I left that for the ladies. That wasn't my cup of tea, man. <laughs> and let's keep it real. Aside from the Erica Badu and Jill Scott versus, 
all of the verses involving women have had a weird vibe to it. Yeah. Even, like none of them seem like to, they really cool. Yeah, I was about to say even the Monica and um, Keisha Cole one. Oh, yeah, oh, no, not Monica and Keisha Cole, but Monica and Brandy. Monica and Brandy and Keisha Cole and Ashanti. That yes. that that one's still kind of strange too. So um, yeah, yeah, you're right. I ain't even I ain't even peeped that out. The only one that had the the weird vibe, which everyone kind of loved, was Jeezy and Gucci. Yeah, and um, yeah, that speak for itself. <laughs> but um, everybody else seemed like they was cool though. <laughs> That's strange. It really is. These women just can't get along, man. I don't know what it is. Maybe they just don't like being in that environment where because I, mm-hmm. I guess fe- female artists are a lot more um, stacked against each other. Yeah, and I think back- background stuff happens. Like there's yeah. stories about. You know Beyonce and what's her name? Not Keisha Cole, uh, Carrie Hill. Wait, is Carrie, it Carrie Hilson? Yeah, Carrie Hilton. Hilton. Yeah, and uh, so there were there was a whole lot of drama between them. Like except, I, I just feel like female artists are pitted against yeah. each other more, and with, because of that animosity yeah, comes with, out. Yeah, with female artists, it's it's like they only want one. Yeah, with with men, it's a whole bunch of men rappers. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's thousands of them, millions of them, but. When it comes to like a female rapper of a, a of a group or a clique, it got to be one. She got to yep. be the queen of rap, and then the other one get offended because they feel like they the queen of rap. And it's just you know it's never like a uh, you ne- with men you see a whole bunch of men collabing with each other. You don't see women always collabing with each other. It's like it's it should only be one female on this track or whatever. So yeah, it, it's it's kind of strange. I, I, it seems like they kind of getting over that now, outside mm-hmm. of the you know the old schools, the uh, the Nicki Minaj's and stuff like that. But um, it seems like female rappers are starting to collab more now. It seems like they're all cool. Yeah, seemed like it. Um, but yeah, Nicki and Cardi couldn't coexist. They had to be at the Met Gala throwing shoes at each other and fighting. So. That was like yeah. that was like the last of the hey I'm the queen hey I'm the queen because mm-hmm. now I, I feel like a lot of these female rappers don't even care they just they just like doing their music and kicking in and all that and a lot of the female rappers actually look at Nicki as the queen they mm-hmm. they grew up on Nicki but um yeah I, I I don't think a lot of female rappers are that cocky like that and I I, I kind of think it was a more of a New York thing too. Because you, because a lot of the females now are pretty much from the south, and they not really like that. Hey, I'm the you know I'm the queen of the game. That was mm-hmm. always a New York thing. You seen it with Kim. You seen it with Foxy. You seen it with Nicki. You seen it with all the top dolls in New York. So um, maybe I wonder if it was just a New York thing. It's possible, man. It's it's possible, but. Um... Yeah, I mean, so men are toxic, though, right? You know, we're we're the toxic ones, right? Yeah. Even though women we, always beefing, city girls be beefing with people too all the time. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like one petty things. That's one thing that happens. I've noticed. I mean, I think men in the rap game are petty too, but it, it feels like when one thing happens between two female artists, it gets blown up into this huge thing, and then suddenly they ain't cool no more. Like yeah. I feel like the city girls are one incident away from breaking up forever. Yeah, you know, like only <laughs> one thing has to happen between them, and yeah. suddenly they ain't cool no more. So yeah, it's it's not gonna last, man. It, it, I hate oh hell to, no. I hate to say it, but 
even even outside the females, just groups like that, just they never last because once they go in, somebody gonna feel like they putting in more work or you know, or the audience might say, Hey, I like this person better than the other person. Yeah. And then they want to do their solo career or, you know, all this other stuff. So I, you never see a group that lasts super long like that. To, to me, it's shocking that the Migos are the one group that never really had problems and broke up. But yeah. City Girls, they be into a lot of bullshit. <laughs> so I could see them uh, getting into it one night on a drunk night and <laughs> breaking up tweet. They be on Twitter too much, too. So mm-hmm. I could I could see them, you know, getting the Twitter fingers one night <laughs> and then it's like damn, Going they off. broke up. Yeah. yeah. I, I was I already see people talking about some um uh JT is way better than uh, yeah. Young Miami and I don't know why she's still with her. Mm-hmm. And she being held back by Young Miami all this other shit. So I could see all that shit getting getting a riff going. <laughs> It's definitely going to happen, man. I just think they got those personalities. But yeah, female groups, I don't know. I got to look back and see how long JJ Thad lasted. That old. <laughs> did they have beef too? Yeah. I don't know. But maybe there's a history of this shit. But anyway, yeah. I digress. Enough of our toxic masculinity segment of the uh, of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you were going to bring up another song. Yeah, I got another song. I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, mm. this song is uh, it kind of shocked me because I was listening to Money Man and Young Dolph and mm-hmm. after that song went off uh, a new song came on and I was totally confused so I'm listening to it and I'm like damn this sound who is this so um, this song is um, this is on the Space Jam um, soundtrack oh no it's Little, Little Baby featuring Kurt Franklin oh I heard pr- about this I didn't hear pr- it though produced by Just Blaze <laughs> Okay. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Just break. The GMs and G's. Wait for little baby. We will be better than now. Made a promise we can do it together. And I ain't breaking my word. I just oh, wish that yeah. I could fly like a bird. Get away from this earth. Had a prayer and prayer. Felt I was cursed. Always tell myself it could have been worse. Never going back. I broke the reverse. It come from my soul. No need to rehearse. A lot of time I was in need of work. Talk to God like I need this to work. Jump in line like I needed it first. But I was being selfish. No, it's going to affect a lot of people. I was being careless. Took a break and stepped away. I'm coming back when I get ready. I know this breaks people into pieces, but I ain't going to let it. Your blades, you're crazy for this one. Hey. All right, yeah, that's all I'm going to give you. I was cracking up when I heard Kurt Franklin say, hey, Blaze, you crazy for this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Okay, my expectations were low. So... I don't think it was bad. I wish there was an actual rapper rapping on it. The auto tune didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, speaking of, I mean, is Jay going to be on this album, on this soundtrack? Jay-Z? Yes. Because, number mm. one, there is the uh, rumor, actually I think it's confirmed, that Jay-Z wrote Bugs Bunny rap for the original Space Jam uh, soundtrack. 
And this is LeBron's movie. From years ago or this one? Yeah. Oh, no, shit. years ago. Way back. That. Yeah, the old that, one. Damn, okay. There was a, a song at the end where Bugs Bunny was rapping. Mm. And there was a, I, I think it's confirmed now that Jay-Z wrote that. Damn. But, um, I mean, this is LeBron's movie. Yeah. LeBron and Jay-Z are homies. Yeah. Uh, is Jay-Z going to be honest? Because I, 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 I could have stood to have Jay-Z on that I song could, instead. Yeah, I can see it, honestly. I can see it. You got Just Blaze on here. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can see, I can see, it. And, and I think LeBron. I know we always talk shit about LeBron, or you always talk shit about LeBron. <laughs> yeah. He got a lot to, uh, he got a lot to do with this movie because shit, Michael Jordan was in the original one. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I think for him to to um, at least have people satisfied, he got to go all out on this. He got to go all out on the soundtrack. <laughs> I don't know if he in the studio with them and and telling them you know what they should do with the tracks, but he got to go all out with this soundtrack, man. So I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to get Jay Z on this, <laughs> as well as you know, um, kill the movie. Yeah. Or at least, or at least, if the movie not as good, you got to at least have a hard ass soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Because people will forget people will forgive you if you have a hard ass soundtrack with you know. You got a little baby of Kurt Franklin with just Blaze on the beat. So if you could get Jay-Z and uh, you know some of the best rappers in the world, I could see I could see I could see the hot takes being put on hold for <laughs> for uh, Space Jam the movie. I I agree. Uh what were your thoughts on the song, man? You like it? I actually like it, man. I, to me, I think little baby is separating himself from you know the typical uh street rapper, man. I felt like he, uh, when he made that one song, the woke song, I forgot the name of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, the, uh, I forgot it now. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. When he made bigger that, picture, that's bigger right. Picture. Bigger picture. When he made bigger picture, um, I know you kind of cringed at that song, but I I appreciate the effort, man, because a lot mm-hmm. of street rappers wouldn't do that shit. Migos was quite, it was still making songs. Um, she gonna but Burke it for Birkin or something. They was, <laughs> they was still making shit like that. And he went out on a limb and did that. He didn't have to do that. And um and then he doing this, um clearly talking about, you know, he prayed to God and all this other stuff. I think he kinda I think he kinda stepping in that upper tier. He, he he's doing the twenty one savage kind of early. So um, I, I I like it, man. I, he he's becoming one of my favorite rappers, man. He's he he's doing his thing. He's showing versatility. <laughs> now I, I know you you uh, you might feel a certain way about the auto tune, but mm-hmm. I respect that he's trying to do something. He's not staying in the same lane. I feel like Future Future could have took off on another level, but I think he kind of he he, he kind of showed flashes of you know hey I could do this R and B shit too. But he didn't. He he kind of stuck to what he know. So um, I I appreciate him, um, little baby, switching up the content, doing something different, hopping on a song with Kurt Franklin. Like how many people would have hopped on a song with Kurt Franklin with this type of content? So I I, I respect. I I like the song. I think it's I think it's qualified. Qualified. All right, all right. I, I respect it, man. I, I'm just not up. And, and the little baby hype i just don't really understand uh personally i feel like um and don't take this the wrong way because i don't mean like he's slow but i feel like people talk about little baby like 
he's the special ed student who did pretty good on a test or did something. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to sound fucked up, but like, I feel like he is getting an easier pass than most rappers would get because he does things that are perceived as being outside of his own lane. You know, he ain't just being a trap rapper, which I respect. I'm glad he's doing it. I think more people should do it. But lyrically, he's never impressed me. His delivery, like, it's he's not a bad rapper, but I would say he's average for his class, you know. And, uh, yes, he does get credit for at least attempting to make a socially conscious song when nobody else really did at the time, surprisingly enough. But I don't know. I feel like people are saying, oh, little baby, he's wow. He, he's he's doing a church song now. <laughs> like like now he gets prop like he gets props for that. But Chance the Rapper put out a whole album like this. When like I, I don't even like Chance like that. Yeah. But Chance put that but, shit out when nothing in a culture was trending that way. Yeah. But but see, I think it's a little different because Chance is more on the Kanye level. He's more that conscious he was kind of of a conscious rapper to me. He he wasn't uh, he wasn't like a little baby street rapper. Just um, he, just just imagine if somebody like a um, I'm trying to think of a street rapper. Let's yeah, any street rapper from Atlanta. Just imagine if they decide to do a a, a, a conscious t- song or a a woke type of song about George Floyd. A lot mm-hmm. of, you can't really name a lot of people who even did that. <laughs> like as as far as uh, Lil Baby's class. A lot of them dudes just kind of kept rapping about the same shit, which I, I respect. But he he kind of went a different route. You really don't see those type of street rappers, you know, switching it up like that. They usually stay the same. They usually make the same type of content. I, I understand that, but I, I can't give him credit for the short fallings of his peers. You know, like, I can't say because other people are too scared to do it, and he does, that he gets extra credit, even though the execution, in my opinion, is lackluster. That's just how I feel. I, I wasn't a fan of Bigger Picture. I felt like that was kind of a cowardly safe song to make in terms of the situation we were in and seeing outside. You know, it was very safe. It was so safe he could perform it at the Oscars or Grammys or whatever. The Grammys, yeah. Perform at the Grammys, and it would be no controversy. Yeah, but but so, see, but see, you gotta look at it this way. I don't think a lot of rappers are scared to do it, or a lot of street rappers scared to do it. I I think they can't do it. I don't think they I don't think they could, you know, hop on a song with Kurt Franklin. I, I I think some I think a lot of these rappers, certain if you put a certain beat in front of them, they a lot of them can't rap over it. A lot of them gotta have a certain type of trap beat. So I, you know, like I said, I I respect him stepping out of his normal his normalcy, because like I said, it's it's a lot of rappers that be like, nah, man, that shit whack, or nah, I'm cool, I don't want to do that. They, they uh, and that's why they stay where they're at. They they kind of miss that opportunity. I just think little baby not missing that opportunity. I think he, <laughs> I think he gon he gon he he eventually be on a pop song if he's not already. I think he's that type of dude that would say, hey, fuck it. I'll get on a song with Ariana Grande or whoever, uh, whoever, um, Maroon. I, I hope he don't hop on Maroon, Maroon 5. 5. That would be hilarious. Yeah, but I think he's that type of guy that would be like, hey, I, you know, I do that shit. These niggas not doing it. I'm trying to take it to another level. 
So I, I kind of respect that. And you don't really see that from street rappers. You might see it. But from, you, you might see it from somebody like a Chance the Rapper, or uh, I would even say people like a Ti. But um, you don't really see you don't really see that from uh, you, you know you won't see that from um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, damn, I can't think of his name. The, what's the guy that you uh, quit listening to? <laughs> I forgot. Oh, Playboy Cardi. Yeah, you won't. Uh, you really <laughs> won't see a Playboy Cardi hopping on a song with Kurt Franklin. Oh yeah. And yeah, I don't even know if he, I'm sure he probably. You know, I don't know. I just I, I I respect him trying to you know take it to the next level. I respect it, but again, man, I just feel like we're we're giving somebody extra credit just for trying something and not caring about the execution because i think people just look at little baby and they say wow he was just a trap rapper trapping about drugs but look at him he's being conscious now even though that song wasn't really conscious he's being inspirational now even though he's just talking about the same worship god thing that a lot of rappers do but i, I agree with what you're saying he he uh, his peers aren't doing it so at yeah, least he can step out of his box. But I just don't like, think the execution is all that it's, good. It's like Run DMC doing the rock song. Yeah. A lot of, uh, and a lot of, uh, well, nobody at that time, because hip hop was pretty early. Nobody did that <laughs> pretty much. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I won't sit there and say that was the best song in history, anything like that. But they was the ones that went out on that limb and said, hey, fuck it. Let's do a, let's do a rock song. <laughs> And but was that a good thing? Let's let's say Lil Baby does a song with Ariana Grande. Is that a good thing that should be applauded? Uh, I, I I think it's I think it's common. It's it's not out. It's it's not doing a country song or nothing like that. Where it's kind of mm -hmm. weird. But um, you see rappers all the time doing songs with pop stars. But specifically Lil Baby, who who is a a, a street rapper, you kind of know his resume a little bit. And um, just for somebody like that who's willing to go beyond the streets, I I, I kind of like that because you usually get people that's in that tier that just stay the same. They just do songs with street niggas, and and that's their bar. But um, it it seems like he want more than that. He don't want to just be known as you know the niggas in the street. Just just name any street rapper you know that. That probably don't have a high charting song. That just do mixtapes and shit like that. That's you know, it, it, it could have been a possibility he stayed in that lane, but I think he, you know, I think he taking it up another uh, another notch. I guess, I, I guess, I see what you're saying, man. I really do. I just don't think you don't I, think it's good. Yeah, <laughs> and I think people look at him as a. You know, somebody who who couldn't do it. So now that he's trying, he's getting like, oh, he's so versatile. But I don't think the songs are that good. Yeah, no, I'm, I think I'm, 21 I'm, Savage made more better conscious songs than Lil Baby ever did. Yeah. And I think 21 would do good on this song, too. Yeah, but, I, think, I think. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I'm I'm not sitting there saying he uh, he's the best thing. He, he's a Jay-Z or nothing. Yeah. But you like in our day and age, you re you really don't see these type of rappers, <laughs> you know, on a lot of shit like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, and I I respect that. Like I said, you, you usually the trap rappers usually stay in their lane. Even mm -hmm. even look at somebody like a, a Gucci or a Jeezy. 
they just started doing shit with uh well Gucci just started doing shit with Bruno Mars. Mm-hmm. He wasn't always, you know, up there like that. And he been in the game for almost 20 years now. So um just for little baby, just, you know, kind of all over the place. And, you know, he'd get on he'd get on any song and be himself. I I I like it, man. And I think I think it show you that he trying to get somewhere else. He he really trying to get that Grammy. <laughs> I feel you, man. And like I said, I don't knock the effort. I'm just not wowed by the execution. But that's just me. Uh, I know people feel differently. So, yeah, that, that's that's just how I feel, man. Okay, call <laughs> me a hater. I don't care. Um, so let's get into some topics real quick, man, before we get into our special movie and TV review with the boy <laughs> Terrell. Um, let, let's break down these topics real quick, man. First off, we're going to start with the hot topic of the week, which is Kwame Brown versus everybody. <laughs> I got three clips here, uh, so I'm, but I'm sure most people have heard this type of shit now because it's been trending all week. Kwame Brown, uh, former number one overall pick for the Washington Wizards when Jordan was still playing for them, um, played 14. Yes, and he was a... Uh, 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 some what some people called a bust. Multiple called a bust. Stephen A. Smith had a legendary rant talking mm-hmm. about how he He's couldn't. Up. I think it's when they traded for Paul Gasol. I think, and basically, um, Stephen A. Smith had a legendary rant talking about how Kwame couldn't play. His hands were too small. Yeah. He's a bona fide scrub. He's <laughs> no, <laughs> no disrespect to the guy. <laughs> no disrespect, but he's a bona fide scrub. <laughs> <laughs> um, he couldn't move. Uh, he doesn't know what he's doing with the ball. Can't commit a single post move to memory. <laughs> he, he really went off on him. That was one of the Stephen A. Smith's legendary rants. Yeah. And people always bring that up. A Kwame Brown, when you're talking about a number one pick that was a bust or a scrub or whatever, people always bring up Kwame Brown when Kobe was struggling with the Lakers those years. People always say, well, he was playing with Kwame Brown. That's why shit like that. So apparently Kwame Brown has had enough because um, Gilbert Arenas was on the podcast All the Smoke with Stephen A. Smith and Matt Barnes. You mean now, Stephen, I, um, Stephen, Stephen Jackson. A. Smith. I mean Stephen Jackson, my yeah. bad, Stephen A. Smith. Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. <laughs> and uh, I was never a fan of either of these players, so I never <laughs> watched the podcast. But Gilbert Arenas is very entertaining. Yeah. So I heard some of it. And Kwame Brown was brought up. Um, I believe it started with Stephen Jackson talking sarcastically about how Matt Barnes thought that uh, Kwame Brown was like the best pick. They were clearly being sarcastic and taking digs at him by saying how, you know, uh, uh, Matt Barnes thinks he was one of the best number one picks ever and he could play and whatever. You could tell they were taking digs at him and calling him shitty. Yeah. Gilbert Arena stepped in and actually defended Kwame somewhat. He said, look, this kid was drafted at 18 years old by Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. played with him and had his confidence destroyed because he, you know, he was playing with Michael Jordan and he wasn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. Then he wouldn't play with Kobe. Yeah. He wasn't ready for that. Straight so, out of high school, by the way. Yes. At 18, you can't even draft niggas at 18 he, no more. I think he was like 17. He might have been 17. He was around. Right out of high school, man. Yeah. So um, basically, Gilbert Arenas was saying he had his confidence destroyed mentally and he really couldn't recover after that. Um, Kwame Brown, who apparently has been making YouTube videos for a while, 
and been active on IG. He went at these guys, man. First off, he goes on uh, off on Matt Barnes. And it sounded a little bit something like this. Nigga, Matt Barnes, nigga, if you was understood how to use your light skin and use it like Drake and not like you trying to be tough and fighting all the goddamn time and retarded, then maybe your woman would have respected you enough to fuck a nigga across town. <laughs> maybe she would have respected you enough to fuck a nigga out of town. But no, what did she do, nigga? She fucked your teammate, the nigga right next to you. While you was going to smoke and hang with your buddies and talk about peace up with the friend and, and do all this dumb shit, she was texting a nigga GPS coordinates. <laughs> so nigga, how in the fuck is you gonna fix your mouth to tell me anything? How in the fuck is you gonna snicker and tap on a nigga when you the biggest joke I ever seen in real life, nigga? <laughs> now, of course, he is referring to uh, Matt Barnes' uh, public uh, a disagreement fight argument with Derek Fisher, who were the men teammates at the time, because mm. apparently Derek Fisher was at, smashing at this at this baby mama house. Yeah, at 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 their house, smashing, mm. and they were teammates. And Matt Barnes drove over there, had some kind of drove, confrontation. Drove twenty. Well, I forgot how many hours he drove a long yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, think about driving that long, being mad, man. Yeah. So after about three hours, you should be cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that he was addressing that. Um, he also called out Steven Jackson, calling him a fake gang member who only promotes negativity, even though he acts like he's this Black Lives Matter activist. And, you know, his, his whole thing with the George Floyd situation, he was acting like a black advocate. He called him a hypocrite because he's always hating on black people and acting like a fake drug or gang member. And he also has some words for Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith wanted no smoke, by the way. <laughs> he basically said, you know, we've all taken digs at Kwame and he has a right to say what he wants to say. But that didn't stop Kwame from going in on Stephen A. Smith, too. That sounded something like this. After now, now that I got a platform, I'm going to use it for the right way. It's time to put respect on niggas name. And you niggas that I'm disrespecting, that's because you the one that's a gatekeeper of disrespect. I ain't know how Stephen country A, you was, ball by the way. I know, me neither. Tough, saying all kind of shit like, oh, then you come see me. Well, sign up. Let's go to Seattle and you sign up. Well, Seattle, you ain't got to sign no waiver. Meet me in Seattle where you can have mutual combat and talk like that. I'll slap a two. It'll look like you got a toupee on the front of your head or how hard I'll slap the back of your head, motherfucker. <laughs> the hell you talking about? Y'all got people fooled with this fuck shit. And, and Skip Bayless, thanks for the pass. I don't even know what the fuck that meant. But thanks for the pass, I guess. I don't know what grown man need no goddamn pass, but thank you. I ain't get no pass from your co-host when you was letting this punk motherfucker talk about a teenager and going around college campuses. You never get you gave him a pass. Bonafide scrub! He can't do nothing. This is that. I had to endure you talking about my mama's son like that, bitch. The fuck is you talking about? The only thing you known for being a black man that disrespect and talk about other black men. I should find who your old lady is, you punk old bitch. Show her my mama's cooking. I sprinkle a little good seasoning on her. I don't talk too much, nigga. The fuck you talking about? All right, so that was uh, Kwame Brown's response to Stephen A. Smith. I guess he was holding that in for 20 years now. <laughs> 
but he finally responded in a platform where y'all heard him. He says he wants to fight Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith is like six years old, so yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. And like I said, Stephen A. Smith already said he didn't want no smoke. Yeah. Um. Now he had a, another beef pop off with Charlemagne the God. This was probably the best one. <laughs> it definitely was, man, because Charlemagne. You know, they covered it on Breakfast Club like they do all topics that are trending. And Charlemagne kind of went on a strange rant where he talked about how um, Matt Barnes, it started innocently enough. He said Matt Barnes and Steven Jacks need to leave Kwame Bryant alone. But then Charlemagne went into uh, Kwame Brown's family history. Yeah. And all this violent stuff, like apparently his father killed somebody and buried them somewhere. And he went to jail for life for that. And I think his br- sister did something, too. And his uncle did something. Uh, and these were like very violent, murderous uh, incidents. Yeah. And uh, basically, Charlemagne was saying that uh, he does not. Uh, they do not want any smoke with Kwame because Kwame might snap because of the history of violence in his family and the yeah. history of violence in the men. Yeah. He played the mental health thing. He might be mentally yeah. something. Which was a strange thing, especially given how he's like an advocate for mental health. Yeah. It was strange that he would demonize somebody, somebody like this. I thought it was really corny, man. I was surprised he really went this way. Yeah. But of course, Kwame, the king of the clapback at this point, also has some words for Charlemagne in in his defense after he brought up all these family incidents. Shut your goddamn mouth with me too. He a geechee, he a this, he violent, his brother killed somebody, his sister beat people up. What the fuck your family do? Do your family rape with you, bitch? (laughs) Huh? Let's talk about what you do, motherfucker. You talk about what my daddy and my brother did. I ain't did none of that. But we heard that you put Spanish fly in a girl drink. By your own admission, bitch. We heard you had other niggas with him trying to rape that goddamn girl. And the one girl had to bed, claw, and fight to get away from your bitch ass. But you on TV acting like you a hell of a nigga. <laughs> Better shut your bitch ass up. I know what them white boys doing. You a hell of a nigga. <laughs> you a hell of a nigga. <laughs> I'm going start saying that, man. You a hell of a nigga, You think you a hell of a nigga. No. So this this uh, is this one I I really think he had a, g- a good point and Charlemagne deserved all the smoke with this. It to me it was weak and um I, I feel like all year all 2020 we've been talking about how black people get profiled and um discriminated on shit because of our family past. We still we still talk about that shit to this day how um we try to change that narrative just because I grew up a certain way. Don't means I'm that way. And he pretty much did that to him. And it was weird. At first, I was thinking like, hmm, maybe maybe they kind of grew up together or he knows somebody that knows somebody because they both, I think they both from uh, South Carolina. So, you know, South Carolina is kind of small. So I figured maybe, you know, he grew up with somebody personally close to the situation. But we never heard anything from Kwame Brown at all until now. I didn't even know what he sound like. <laughs> and uh, for him, for Charlemagne, it just sounded like he just did a Google search and uh, s- searched his family history and pretty much named everything bad their fa- his family did and said, hey, he's going through a lot. 
he got a lot going on, so watch it because he can snap on you. That was that was weak. Th- this is the type of shit that white people been doing to us for years, and Charlemagne turned around and did the same shit. So I, I he deserved all of that smoke, man. That that was weak and out of bounds, and and I think he uh, it, it's crazy because you said he the uh, Kwame is the uh, the <laughs> clapback king. I can see this potentially hurting Charlemagne at some point, man, because you see what was being brought back up, that rape shit. And he been trying to get rid of that shit for years. He even talked about it in his book to try to put it out there. And um, you see, he had remember he had the little HBO show that was supposed to be coming soon. And I think it was Showtime. Yeah, it got Showtime. canceled yeah. or didn't even launch. Yeah, it just disappeared. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Charlemagne... He, like he should know better than that, man. Like you can't, you can't do that shit. Especially if you got a pass. If anybody, he should be like, hey, you know, he should just keep quiet. But that, I think that was out of bounds, man. No, one hundred percent was, man. It sounded like something a racist prosecutor or judge or police officer would say about somebody, some kid who had a violent family, and say, "Who used just a ticking time bomb?" You see, his daddy killed somebody. Yeah. Like what the fuck that got to do with him, man? Mm-hmm. So I was I was kind of shocked, and and people were saying that like Charlemagne had a point, which mm-hmm. bothered me too. Yeah, yeah, some people on some people pointed it out on Twitter, but there were people agreeing with Charlemagne, like yeah, don't mess with him. I'm like y'all, y'all don't see this is some racist bullshit, basically. Like, yeah. imagine if a white person said that. Yeah, they, y'all be losing your mind. Yeah, it, it been times like that all the time. We've been fighting that fight all 2020 and 2021 of these people profiling us because of you yeah. know what our family went through. No, George Floyd was a drug addict. Yeah. Oh, uh, Trayvon Martin. Uh, he did. He he was stealing Swishers or whatever the fuck. Yep. That was crazy, it, man. Yeah, they like they do that shit all the time, man, and. Honestly, like I, me, I, my, I, I'm not saying I have a pass pass, but I hung around bad people at, at one point. I don't want to be judged because of who I hung around or because I have a cousin in jail or, you know, somebody I know killed somebody. That's 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 wrong. And he he is his own person. And I think he honestly, I think he probably changed his family life by even going to the NBA. And and playing as long as he played, because even I know people saying he was a bust, but he was in the league for like ten, about like fourteen years, I think. Yeah, that, that's a pretty damn good <laughs> career, man. Mm-hmm. Um, financially, we can say what he want about him. You know, he's supposed to be the net so and so because he's putting number one overall. But if you last in the NBA NBA that long, riding the bench, that's a uh, that's an okay career for you know for uh, you and your family. So to sit there and say yeah, ticking time bomb, I, I just don't get that because it wasn't like he was on the court being super wild. He wasn't riding our test with it on the court when he was in the NBA, or less from the stuff I seen. It seemed like he was always a, a quiet, laid back dude uh, as far as on the court and all that. But it, I think it, it was so wrong, man, and. Um, yeah, I hope he apologized at some point and admit he was wrong. But I I don't want nobody doing that to me. I don't want nobody doing that to you. That's that's dead wrong. And you're right. If a white person would have did something like that, 
that would have they would have been screaming cancellation. Exactly. And, and all Kwame was doing was talking shit. He yeah. didn't say he was going to run up on something. He said we can meet somewhere and fight. He didn't yeah. say he was going to run up on you with a weapon. He didn't say he was going to hurt you. He said, let's settle this, whatever. But then that's not the case. So to, to recap real quick, uh, Gilbert Arenas uh, did respond. He basically said he wanted no smoke with Kwame. And he called Kwame, I think, and they hashed it out. He said, look, I'm in no offense by what I said. They settled it. Um, Steven Jackson, I think, is still clawing back at him. They still going back and forth. Matt Barnes did invite him on the podcast. He said, you can come on with us. If you want to fight before, we can fight and hash that out. And then we can talk it out like men or whatever. He came at first. He came at first. He talked about it on NBA Countdown with Rachel Nichols. I thought it was strange that Rachel even brought this up because, like, <laughs> I felt I, I don't know how I felt about a a, a white woman getting involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it just seems kind of strange. It's a bunch of niggas and bit, all that shit yeah. being dropped in this. <laughs> yeah, and she says, "Well, Kwame Brown has some things to say about you, Matt Barnes. What do you think?" And like and then he was talking all weird and proper too so it was very strange to hear that on espn like i kind of wish they didn't even bring it up but anyway matt barnes did respond kwame said he ain't flying out there just to fight or whatever so he basically said you know this is where it stands and he's still making videos by the way he's still making like he might be on several hour long he probably is (laughs) he's made videos every single day sometimes like three times a day yeah. Talking about all these people that were talking shit. Yeah. Now comes the question, though, Figgy. What's your take on this whole situation, man? Do you because people are I'm hearing both sides. I'm hearing some people say that Kwame has a right to defend himself after all these years. And I also hear people saying that Kwame made it too personal. They were only talking about basketball. They weren't talking about his personal life, except for Charlemagne, of course. But they weren't talking about his personal life. And he made it personal talking about Kwame's wife and kids and stuff like that. And talking about their character and stuff like that. So oh, Matt Barnes, kids. Yeah, Matt Barnes, yeah. yeah. So do you think that Kwame Brown has gone too far uh, or, or do you think it's justified in his response? Nah, I, I, I don't think he went far at all, man. I think he, he had a right. Look, he, I think, I, I'm, I, I don't think he should start a podcast, but I do think he's super entertaining and he need to do something. Maybe, maybe he need to start just doing lives and, you know, making money off of that. He need to do something. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't think he was wrong at all, man. He, People been talking shit about him for years. And if he ain't like what they had to say, he could he could say whatever he want. He's not he don't work for ESPN. He's not employed by, you know, a big company where he got to be quiet. He he wasn't Paul Pierce where, you know, he you know, he can't do this or he'll get fired. He he can say what he want, man. He this dude he he, he chilling. He he Shit, he probably in a, a small town, country ass country town, minding his business, and um, niggas rung his name up, and he like, no, nah, I'm like, fuck, hey, fuck these niggas, no, nah, fuck that, I'm gonna say what I got to say. So I, no, nah, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. I, I, I'm I'm of several thoughts with this man. Um, on one hand, I think that. He has a right to defend himself and speak. I think it's a lot of pent up frustration from a lot of people making jokes about him and his playing career. 
Um, so I understand. And especially when you're somebody like Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes has a lot of nerve talking funny about anybody. <laughs> Let's be real. I mean, well, what we know about you publicly, mm. you really shouldn't be talking negative about anybody or even implying anything negative about anybody because you know that shit is in everybody's back pocket to pull out on you yeah. whenever you start talking greasy. Mm-hmm. So I, I respect, I, I understand Kwame going to get his shit off. Um, I think he went on a little too long with this whole thing. I think he's gone a little too far. Um, I think that when Matt Barnes invite, because the whole thing was like you, Kwame was saying, you're not going to invite me to your podcast. You don't want those problems. Matt Barnes extended the open invitation to Kwame Brown. And he even said, we can fight before if you want to. Now the ball's in Kwame's court and Kwame is now saying he don't want to do that. So now it kind of sounds like, okay, you was just talking a lot. Of, like, I understand you getting your shit off, but now it sounds like you, you, you were just a lot of hype as well. You know, don't, don't bring up. And, and that's another sidebar real quick. I really, 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 really hate when old black men talking about wanting to fight each other. <laughs> I don't feel like any man over the age of 35 <laughs> should be fighting another man unless you're like a professionally trained boxer or jujitsu or MMA person. Yeah. You should not be getting into street fights as a 40 plus year old man. <laughs> like that's sad to me. That's one thing I listened to the Corey Holcomb YouTube show. He had a fallout with one of his co-hosts and his co-host was talking about trying to fight him. Like these niggas are damn near 50, man. <laughs> Fight no grown men should be fighting each other over words. I understand mm. if it's self-defense or somebody try is trying to do something violent, but no man should be he called, fighting over he called words. Me this. We fight. He called me a bitch, so we had to fight. Like <laughs> nigga, that's that's high school, middle school, at the very most college shit. Yeah. Niggas get drunk and want to fight. <laughs> No man who can pull a hamstring just by walking fast <laughs> needs to be in a fight. And especially like black people talk about this all the time. Like they talk like this. They talk this tough talk like they going to fight. Nobody mm. wants to see two old people fight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to see Mike Tyson fight Evander Holyfield. <laughs> and they actually know how to fight. Yeah. I don't want to see that fight. <laughs> so all, all this talk about fighting. I'm not with it, man. Settle it with your words. Debate. Say what you got to say to the man's face. I don't want to hear nothing about no fighting. I don't want to hear him talking about fighting Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. Stephen A. Smith, though, we saw what Stephen A. Smith looks like in that viral clip yeah. where he's hitting the pads. <laughs> yeah. Stephen A. Smith couldn't knock out a child, man. <laughs> he, he's too old, and his ass sits on his ass all day. And talks about sports. He's not a fighter. He ain't gonna fight no seven foot tall NBA player. <laughs> so I don't. I don't like the fight talk, man. That's one thing I got tired of from Kwame. I, I don't like him talking about fighting people. That aside, um, Stephen A. Smith. I, I understand you have smoke with him. Like I say, he's an old guy. Gilbert Arenas. They passed that up, but I, I get a weird vibe from Kwame. 
<laughs> I get a weird vibe from him. Some of the things he says, I looked at some of his older videos. He talks about not watching the NBA anymore because it's too woke. Mm. I get some Carl Malone vibes from Kwame Brown. Mm. You know, Kwame, uh, Carl Malone is basically a, a hardcore Republican. Yeah, he's he's a weird dude outside of that. Yeah, like, and then I'm not talking about yeah, the child stuff. Yeah, yeah he with always, Kobe's wife and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, he always been a weird cat. Yeah, but yeah, but no, I, I get some hardcore Republican vibes from Kwame the way he talks sometimes. Mm. And so I'm not gonna say I'm fully in his camp either, man, because I feel like <laughs> he's one. He there's a video about him talking about how Breonna Taylor was at fault for getting shot up because of the man she was dealing with. Mm. He said that for real. Mm. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm on Kwame's side at all because I, I don't really even, I'm not sure what he believes in, but we don't know. It don't, <laughs> yeah. It don't seem like he fully righteous either, man. So, mm. and, and that's one thing too, because people are bringing this up too with the whole debate. Is it okay to call a person a bust? Is it okay to talk? And that dives into the nature of sports talk. Yeah. Is it going too far to call somebody a bust, a scrub, a bum on the court? I don't really think it is, man. I don't think Stephen A made it personal when he talked. Yeah, he he was talking about a person who was a relative child to him. I don't think he should have called him a bona fide scrub. Yeah. But Kwame Brown sucked as a player, man. Let's be real. I understand, like, he he's getting his vengeance now. But I think it's over. Um, I think he needs to stop these videos, man. <laughs> like, I understand you want to capitalize off your sudden popularity. But he has to find another. Like, it's over. You know, I think people are going to stop responding to him now. Because they see he's just baking, basking in the attention. Uh, you got to move on, man. Like you said your piece, they said their piece, and really most of them just agreed with you and said, hey, I don't want to smoke with him. I'm sorry. So you got your revenge. You got to be – I think he's recovered his legacy, and people ain't going to talk greasy about him no more. Yeah. But he, he's got to let this go now, man. I think he's still making videos to this to this hour probably. Like you said, he's probably <laughs> streaming now. Yeah. He's got to let this go, man. It's over now. Move on with your life. They're moving on with theirs. And, yeah, you've had your revenge. You've had your moment. It's time to move on, man. I, I know we've been telling y'all for a minute we're going to talk about movies. We're going to break down because we used to do this a whole lot in the podcast. We used to talk about TV shows, movies, and whatnot. But we just haven't had a whole lot of time. A lot of stuff been going down in the sports and uh, music world especially. So we ain't really had the time to break down these movies, TV shows like we really want to. So we're going to do that right now. We brought in a special guest, uh, Figgy's homeboy. I'm told he's a lot like me, which <laughs> I assume means he, people call us haters, contrarians. I prefer the word critic. I think we are critics here on the podcast. You know, we look at things objectively. We're not fanboys for certain things. You look at things and judge it on the quality of his merit. That's how I like to frame it. And we have a very special guest joining us today, man. Figgy's homeboy. Terrell's in the building, man. Yeah, and he's yeah. going to help us break some shit down. 
<laughs> yeah, what's up, y'all? It's good to be with y'all. I haven't talked uh, movies in a while. Um, I used to have a movie podcast. I still want to produce movies. I'm plotting, I'm plotting. I'm planning my old short film. So this is my passion. I breathe, live movies. So it's cool to actually get to sit down, see what's going on, because quarantine changed the movie, the movie industry forever. And hey, I'm, I'm happy to finally sit down and talk about where we are, how we got here. And what's next for this industry, man? Because it's crazy right now. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So were you a go to the theater every time type of guy or were you a wait till it hit streaming, wait till the, the DVD or Blu-ray copy come out on various legal means or whatever you want to use? Uh, well, how did you initially consume movies before the pandemic? So let me tell you how crucial it got for me. So my brother, he came out of nowhere. I don't know where he found this thing, but he found the AMC app where you pay about $20 a month and they'll let you see three movies a week. Okay. So I was like, cool, cool. But who would see that many movies? But before I knew it, I'm seeing movies I didn't even know I wanted to see. <laughs> I need that experience in the movies. I need that big screen. I need a dark room. I need everybody in tuned. I need us all laughing at the same time. That whole synergy while you're watching a movie, all of that get addictive, especially when you're watching a blockbuster. So, you know, I just I just love the whole experience. So with that being said, I was finding any excuse to go to the movie theater when I can get in there free and get discounts on that expensive ass concession food. <laughs> and it just it just became an addiction, man. So uh, but it didn't stop there, man. I still come home and start streaming. Netflix was I say was because everything is different now. They were trying to compete with the big dogs in the theaters and they were letting out a lot of quality content on Netflix. So um also big fan of streaming, a big fan of how streaming is trying to go to war with, you know, the bigger blockbusters. It's all making for very competitive and quality movies, man. So, yeah, man, big fan of both, man. Both. Man, I miss going to the movie theater, man. Just man. You mentioned in the concession stand and the popcorn. I, I, I used to be the biggest credit on paying for that shit, but. Now yeah. I, I kind of miss it, man. I, I just miss getting that popcorn, getting that yeah. soda, just going to the yeah. movie, man. Hopefully we can do that back soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's what's crazy. Uh, a lot of people I talk to them, they're like, yeah, man, movie theaters are starting. I've been going back to the movies for about four months, like mm. legit. And uh, but, you know, not until Mortal Kombat was the theaters really starting to get back crowded. You know what I'm saying? It, it felt a lot different it felt a little eerie but at the same time once you know those once that room go dark man it's still it's right back to that enjoyable experience every time well i guess I have to be this the, the dissenting voice here and the, the <laughs> hater as you say yeah but I, I disagree man i don't enjoy the movies like that <laughs> the movie theater at least um i think it's a very bloated experience Every time I go, it, it gets worse every time I go because I don't go a whole <laughs> lot. But every time I go, it gets worse, man. Things are more expensive. Popcorn and drinks are more expensive every year, it seems. You get there and the previews are fucking 30 minutes long now, man. <laughs> like they, they never end. I feel like back in the day, these previews were not that long. You get there and you're sitting and watching these endless previews, man. The movie don't even start till 20. You might as well be 30 minutes late, but then if you're late, you might get a shitty seat. So you got to get there early and watch the bullshit previews, man. Okay. <laughs> so you, so you, you, you over the experience. So you prefer this when you turn on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't. They, <laughs> wait, wait, can, what is that? Is it in focus yet? Did they, did yeah. they get the camcorder in focus? You see somebody walking like this? <laughs> now, <laughs> that's that's the only thing that make the movies so competitive. Because you're absolutely right, man. It's such an expensive experience, man. For just just for a couple of hours, you know, especially if you want to get some food, man. But those camcorder copies, man. Just, yeah, no, that was bad. That was a bad time. Really- the only. <laughs> We only watched that after we saw the movie once and didn't want to pay to go see it again. Like when Star Wars came out, we want to see the lightsaber fights one more time, but we didn't want to go always to the theater and pay for the movie again so we get the bootleg version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do like the streaming first day option, yeah. you know, because I have a decent setup at home. I'd much rather just sit at home, it, it, especially if it's not a movie I'm too excited about, like Guys Delivers versus King Kong or something. Yeah. You know, I'm not necessarily going to rush out to the theater and watch that. But yeah. if it's sitting on my TV already first day when it comes out, I'm going to definitely watch it. You know, I have a decent size screen, decent size sound set up. So I'm not saying it's IMAX quality, but yeah. it's still enjoyable enough. So, yeah, that's one thing I like. <laughs> well, uh, you got me there. It's nothing. It's nothing like that experience, man. Um, honestly. I enjoy that experience just as much, too. Um, and I, I, to be honest, when I first heard what HBO Max was doing, I was terrified. I'm like, that's it. That's, that's the definite industry. You know, like now now we now we're going to know just how amazing it is to watch a, a blockbuster on a release at home. And, and that's going to be it. But then Mortal Kombat dropped. And I'm like, OK, cool. People, we, we're still going to the theaters. We still got we still got a shot at this. But absolutely. You cannot be an at home experience, man. You could be at work tired. All you want to do is go home and you got a blockbuster waiting on you in, in 4K. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yes. Except that Justice League thing. I'm, I'm still kind of mad about <laughs> what they did with the with the format. But uh, at the same time. Yeah, man. You got me there, Ryan. You can't beat the at-home experience. The only thing that can beat it is if you have that same passion for theater like some people have. So. That's true. You, yeah. I feel you. I, feel now, you. I, I understand. I feel you. In some movies, like, for example, Infinity War, I had to go see that in the theater. Yeah, absolutely. You have to see certain movies in the theater. Absolutely. Yeah. But overall, I'm like, man, I like the option of being able to sit at home, too. Yeah. That was probably yeah. my best um, movie in movie theater um, experience ever. Because just getting people reactions, because sometimes, At the end, yes, yes, when people when they start disappearing, spoil alert if you ain't seen it, but once <laughs> once people start disappearing, we like what the you start hearing what the fuck, oh yeah. shit, oh shit, and when when the movie ended, like I never seen a super movie movie um end like that, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, what the f-? I'm so everybody walking out of the theater, they're like, oh my god, like huh. And yeah. it wasn't like a cliffhanger where it come on next week. You got to wait a fucking <laughs> year for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a year of thinking <laughs> until we, you know we got the next one. Yeah, Marvel was real calculated with that. That that was a uh, we was falling in love with those characters over ten years, and it was just like nah, they just dropping off. It was just <laughs> how could it not get you? They had us, man. Mm-hmm. They had us. And let's keep it there because we're gonna talk about a show. Uh, uh, I, I honestly hesitated. I just recently this week watched the entire show. I binged it in one run, pretty much. And I, I'll be honest, I was not looking forward to it. It was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I wasn't looking too much into it or or forward to it because I was never a huge fan of Anthony Mackie as the Falcon. Mm. So I was like, I got to watch a whole series with him <laughs> and his bad acting and his... 
annoying face. I was not really looking forward to it. But uh, I, I did watch it, and I thought it was enjoyable. But let's talk about that, man. First off, Terrell, uh, I, I'm assuming you're a Marvel guy since you've already spoken oh, a lot yeah. about it. Oh, what, yeah. what were your thoughts on uh, the Falcon, a.k.a. Captain America, the new yeah. black? Spoiler alert, the Falcon becomes Captain America at the end. Yeah, and We have a black Captain America. Uh, same thing happened in the comics a few years ago as well. So, uh, yes, Captain America slash Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV show on Disney Plus. How'd you feel about it, man? Yeah, so it's funny. This is actually on my slept on list. I feel like this should have got a little more love than it did. Uh, I didn't see a lot of people posting about it or reacting to it, but I thought that this was probably one of Marvel's uh, most ambitious projects because you're taking Captain America and when you and you want to make him black and we know the stakes that 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 is there when you're doing something like that. And they let you know that in the show. And that's probably what kind of hurt the show, because they had to have the main villain take a back seat. You know, the, it, the main villain, you, they can the, the antagonist can drive the story. Uh, but in this case, she was kind of reacting to the story because she wasn't really the story. The story was really Anthony Mackie finally accepting the mantle of Captain America because it's a colossal mantle. And um, it was very important for them to bring in, you know, the original uh, black uh, Captain America and um, to kind of set that precedent. Like, you know, this is not this is not a. Uh, uh, blonde hair, blue eyed mantle, you know, this is whoever is worthy of it. And um, so that's that dynamic of seeing Anthony Mackie's character, uh, uh, Falcon kind of accept that it's not about race. It's not about what you're ready to do or what you feel you're worthy of. It's, it's just if you are worthy. And it's a lot like Namir in that way, where they had the shield, in this case, Captain America, uh, kind of choose who is worthy because we all know Bucky would make a great Captain America, too. He'd, he'd be amazing. But it was just who Anthony Mackie was at his core. I love that they explored the relationship with him and his sister, how they struggled. They didn't get a lot of help, even with his reputation. So I was really impressed with the show overall. Um, if I had to nitpick, you know, I'm an action buff. I think I'm a big Winter Soldier fan, especially after Captain America, too. Big Winter Soldier fan. I wanted to see more Winter Soldier. But Every time Cap, uh, Falcon was on the screen doing his thing, I was captivated. So it was like, okay, they kind of balancing it out a little bit because his scenes was just so incredible. I mean, that uh, first episode, that last episode, kind of blew my mind. Kind of lulled in between, but again, that's because it was all set up, man. They just really trying to set up the next step of Falcon being Captain America, and I think they did it masterfully, man. I don't know if I kind of rambled for a minute, but that's yeah, good. big fan of the show, man. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good as well, man. Figgy, you saw it too. Yeah. I want to get your thoughts first because I, I will be nitpicky a little <laughs> bit here. But overall, I, I did enjoy it. But Figgy, let's get your thoughts first, man. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I'm still trying to get used to watching Marvel TV shows because because the way it's produced, the way it look, it looked like a damn movie. And so yes. I kind as soon as it ends, I'm kind of scratching my head like, damn, I forgot it was a, a damn series, a, a, a one-hour series. But um, I thought it was cool. It was To me, it was a lot of dry parts in the, in the middle. But um, like you said, Terrell, I'm sure they probably just setting up, you know, um, Captain America or setting up the whole thing. But uh, I thought it was going to be a little more action. It was, it was a lot of action in the first episode. 
and uh, obviously the last episode. But um, I I thought it was pretty cool. Um, to me, uh, Falcon. I don't really have a problem with Falcon. I, his faces are a little irritating, <laughs> but um, yeah, some some parts that stuck out to me. Uh, I cringed a lot during the police scene when like eighteen police cars pulled up. It seemed like um, that's the one thing I'm kind of afraid of now in 2021 is shows like that trying to incorporate real shit like uh, Black Lives Matter and all that type of stuff. I can't. I don't. Me. I don't. I don't want to see that in the, in these type of movies. To me, it's just saying like they just trying to throw it in there to say, hey, we you know we woke too. But <laughs> outside of that, man, I I thought it was a solid series, man. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good as well. Um, I thought the first episode was really good. Um, the second episode threw me off a little bit, and because that's when I started to see like the typical Marvel tropes come in. One problem I have with Marvel movies, and it's been people have talked about this a lot, like they they put comedy where it doesn't really fit sometimes. And I felt the second episode, okay, you can have Anthony Mackie, the Falcon, be this funny guy, but I feel like the Winter Soldier should have been the straight man. But he was kind of cracking jokes too, and it was going back and forth. And it's like, okay, Guardians of the Galaxy, this dynamic worked. It, it, it shouldn't be so jokey jokey with them like i get their friends and they go back a little bit but it felt a little forced at times that scene where they're in therapy together <laughs> that, that that was a little too far for me man i'm I like i felt like i was just I, I felt like i was watching a different show you know from the first episode to the second like where the fuck did this come from you know one minute he's crying about the people he killed and now they're joking about being close and all oh, it, it was weird but it got better after that for me um, I'm a comic book guy. I like the portrayal of John Walker. He's U.S. agent in the comics. I like that they put him in there. I like the job he did. People didn't like him, but I thought, you know, he, he they made him kind of likable towards the end, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I liked him. Uh, my problem with the villain, and it's another problem with Marvel villains, uh, they're, they're getting better at making relatable villains. Like, a good villain has to be somebody you at least sort of agree with, you know, some people think the Joker in Dark Knight had a point, even though he was crazy. <laughs> people thought that uh, Killmonger and Black Panther had a point. But the problem is they make them too evil at random times. Like Killmonger had a point, but he was going crazy, killing people and choking women out for no reason. They made him too cartoonishly villainous. And the same problem was in the Falcon and Winter Soldier with that girl. You know, she was killing people, didn't care. She killed the black guy and said his life didn't matter. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, let's see, now she said a black life doesn't matter. because so, so you know she's evil now. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Things like that annoyed me. But overall, I did like it. I like the original super soldier, the black guy they had in there. I thought that was a good way to bridge the gap between, you know, as black people, we look at it and we're like, okay, how's a black man going to be Captain America? This is a racist slave owning country in its history. How's a black man going to represent that? But they answered that with his character. You know, he brought up all the issues we have with the black man being Captain America. And I like that they did that. That was a good touch. Action scenes weren't as good as the movies. I feel 
the last episode was pretty good action wise. I like what he did with the shield and the like. It, it, it sold me on okay, he's Captain America now because mm-hmm. he's doing cool shit, flying around with the shield, throwing it, getting it back, going through shit. It was cool. It sold me on the character. Few corny moments, few moments you cringe at. His speech at the end was kind of uh, way too long, man. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. like who who just sits around and lets somebody talk for four minutes straight like that? Man? <laughs> it, it, it was a little bit. They they poured on a little bit thick there, but overall, I did enjoy it. I thought it was a pretty good show. Um, so yeah, man, I think we're all in agreement. Ultimately, it was a good show. I think it was kind of slept on too. I didn't see a whole lot of hype for it online. Mm-hmm. It's, it, outside of black twitter at least but i thought it was pretty good man honestly so how, how did y'all feel about that scene where the um who, who was it the fake captain america the um the off-brand captain america everybody kept talking about yeah when yeah he, john walker yeah when he um did he, he took the shield and killed somebody with it pretty much yeah well, i like that i i kind of like that scene too i'm like damn that kind of i'm like damn i kind of like this captain this new captain america well, like, that's it, what it I like about different. it though, because Captain America, he kills too. You know, we've seen it. You know, but this, this, he he was unapologetic and he did it in public. You know, he 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 did that with the American flag. You know, on him. You know, so with that PR, it was like, oh wow, you kind of you kind of crossed over, and he differentiated himself from Captain America, which mm. was very necessary. And and he was dying to do it. You know, <laughs> he's mm. he, he's not the same as Steve Rogers, but. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I think the show needed that badly. Yeah, my um, I was watching that part with my wife, and uh, she was like terrified, and I'm sitting there like, "Damn, I kind of like this. <laughs> I, I like this for some reason. I don't know why, but I do." Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because he was the realest character, dog. He <laughs> rolled for the dead homie, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody yeah. else did. They're like, "How could you kill him?" Like, dog, you see that this black man just died yeah. and nobody did shit. Y'all let these motherfuckers go. Yeah. Like, nah, one of y'all got to die too, man. Yeah. I felt that he went to his family, yeah. made amends with. Like, he was holding it down for the dead homie, man. Yeah. Nobody yeah. else was. They forgot about him. Yeah, that 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 scene where he talked to his family was just seamless. You felt like. It was right, you know. It, it you didn't feel you didn't feel any animosity towards him, and uh, and I think that's why he's going to continue to be a character that affects the Marvel universe. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where they go from here. Honestly, I love what they set up. I can't wait to see how it plays into Loki into Black Widow. It's just, I, I, yeah, I'm I'm a Marvel head. I'm trying not to get this is about to happen. No, Loki's going to be really good because the actor who plays him is really good. So I know it's going to be fire. Yeah, I'll admit I didn't see Wandavision, but I know you guys did. Uh, is that worth seeing, man? Be honest. Like, is that worth going back after Falcon and Winter Soldier? Is that worth going okay. back to watch? I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you the most confusing thing you've ever heard, <laughs> and I, this isn't gonna be the first thing. It's another show. I'm gonna tell you something very confusing. But um, Wandavision, I feel, is one of the greatest TV shows ever made. So, wow. with that being said, it's it's a must watch if you've ever watched TV in a different decade. It's just amazing what Disney is doing while telling you a story about grief. It's like it, it, you guys are really thinking of this stuff like this is this is happening. So um, but story wise, eh, like it's kind of average because Wanda, we're now seeing just how strong she is, where it's like a God level strong, whereas if look, it's like up there with Professor X, you know, where like, look, she has to get her emotions under control or we're all in danger. So I feel like, again, you know, these shows are being they're just setting up these blockbuster movies. And, and when we see these movies after seeing these shows with the things that they established and set up, 
it's just going to be that much more captivating and powerful. So if you are if you are into Marvel at all, it's definitely worth watching WandaVision. Absolutely. Especially if you can binge it. I wish I could binge it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I agree. Right. I, I I think, um, yeah, like you said, if you did watch TV shows in different um, decades, I do think that part was cool. I was a little confused on the first episode. Because I'm like, damn. I was, I was confused the first four episodes. Man. Yeah, because I'm like, damn, is this is this I love Lucy? I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I it was, was for a minute. Yeah, I was so confused, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, damn, this. And then I was kind of pissed that it was 30 minutes. So I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah, so I'm like, damn, what the? F-? So the next week, I'm, I'm expecting I love Lucy, and yeah. now it's fucking um what Laverne and Shirt. I forgot what show it was, but uh, it was a 70s show. Yeah, and every every week you felt relief, like okay, yeah. we moving, like we moving towards the truth, you know. So you, yeah. you just look, man. I, w- I would watch it with people, and soon as it, you know, please stand by. Everybody lost their shit, like oh come <laughs> on, like because yeah. it, it would get that captivating, just that addictive, man. But honestly, I enjoy Falcon and Winter Soldier more because I just like that streamlined story. But at the same time, uh, ambitiously production wise, writing wise, I swear to God, WandaVision is one of the best shows I've ever seen. Mm. Okay, I'll check it out. Now, I, I was a fan of that show, Legion. I don't know if you saw that. Legion on FX. Did you see that? And did it compare to that at all? Was it just completely different? Or was that kind of similar? Uh, I didn't watch Legion, but based on what I know about Legion, it is different. But okay. it's funny how you say that. Uh, the X-Men universe does play a role in WandaVision. Okay, okay. Slightly. Yeah, you, I recommend watching Legion, man. It's not too long. It was a pretty good show. Okay. It's on Hulu if you have that as well. So yeah, I just got a bias against TNT, but TNT. I, I, I trust I trust a good source. Yeah, Legion came on TNT, right? No, I came on FX. Oh, FX. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, never mind. I like so. FX. <laughs> yeah, I recommend it. Check it out, man. And uh, now we got to talk about a recent movie. We talked about it a little bit earlier. You talked about the movie that brought back theaters, kind of <laughs> Mortal Kombat. <laughs> the new 2021 version um and me and figgy kind of talked about it uh i didn't go into too much depth because we didn't have too much time and i didn't have time to break it down but now we do um but le- i didn't like it i didn't thank like you. it at all. thank you i thought it was trash in a lot of ways there were some good <laughs> ideas there was a good concept there but i thought ultimately it was just completely underwhelming and I feel like they had the money to do something, but the script, the scene, like it just didn't work. But what what were your thoughts, man? We'll get to you first because we haven't heard how you feel about it. So what were your thoughts? Hated it. <laughs> Hated it. So that's the thing. So I'm at, I'm at a point where I, I I take a second. I step back and I'm like, okay, how can I like this movie? How can I like <laughs> say something nice about this movie? But they messed with the, the lore. They messed that up. They messed up with casting. They messed up with the script. They had James Wan as a producer on this thing and couldn't figure out how to navigate the waters of this. And it's just like, how could somebody as good as him not be able to figure out how to make this script work? I feel like they should have took maybe another six months or so to work on this thing. Uh, I really didn't like it. Um, I constantly be, I constantly refer to this. Excuse me. I constantly refer to this. Um, Warner Brothers production. Uh, it was an animated version of basically Mortal Kombat. Of um, it's called Scorpion Revenge. Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion Revenge. So mm-hmm. how it opened, they were opening with the same character arc. I'm like, okay, okay, like we, we about to do this, like because Scorpion Revenge was just 
mind blowing. So I'm just like, okay, they, it, I don't care if they kind of deviate from that. That's fine. But if they go, if they go according to that, they'll be fine. And when they gave me that seven minutes they put on YouTube, that was the the closest I got to the Scorpions Revenge arc. That was the beginning of my rage kind of kicking in. Um, thank God for uh, the guy who played Kano. Uh, he kind of carried the yeah. uh, second act of the movie. Uh, so thank God for him. But uh, changing Jax's lore, where it's like, when did Sub-Zero rip off his arms? And that's, that's and I know that seems like a pet peeve, but it's like everybody's like, oh, this, this, uh, this appeased the Mortal Kombat fans and this appeased the movie fans. No, it didn't. It didn't appease either of them because with the Mortal Kombat fans, you portray the lore, and with the movie fans, you portray the script, where it's just incohesive. It's incohesive, and, and it's a Mortal Kombat tournament with no tournament. Yeah, you know, biggest problems with the movie. Yeah. And and to not go more into um, the depths of of, not the depths, but the motivations of same song and kind of making Raiden kind of irrelevant. It's just it's just how many ways can you mess up? And then you say uh, I'm I'm really going off on this on the story part. But then you say um, at the end, same song is just like, oh, take backs like he's just like <laughs> nothing mattered it's it's all good we we're coming back for the sequel but kung lao really died yeah who's gonna bring kung lao back he's he's a very big part of of the of um of earth's defense you know him and the Shaolin monks they play a big role in that so they they stumped on that so it's just like you constantly betraying the lore and the story doesn't make sense it's not fulfilling you bring in a character nobody asked for wanted and won't download as a dlc character <laughs> so what exactly were we going for so i just i just walked away furious uh i'm a fan i went to the theater okay. I went to the theater to see this thing because i wanted to feel the energy and i just left heartbroken i was heartbroken man. <laughs> i agree with the critics the critics gave it I think the critics got it at about a 54%. I'm with the critics, but the audience yeah. is like 88 Now they loved it, man. Like, uh, yeah, they're loving it, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just like, the, and, and it just had me, I had to accept. I didn't accept this when I had my podcast. I was constantly going to war with people. But it's like, at the end of the day, a lot of the casual fans, they don't watch movies for story. They just want noise and lights. Mm-hmm. They want to be entertained. They don't want to think about their problems. If you can pull that off for an hour and a half to two hours, they're satisfied. So I'm just like, yeah i kept seeing people saying how oh it gave us action so why y'all mad about it and uh you know me when i watched the movie i mind you i didn't play i ain't played motor combat in like 25 years the last time i played it was on the damn sega genesis right so right. I, I knew maybe like five characters so oh, i'm no. i'm thinking like all right you know usually when you watch a movie you should you can follow what's going on if they tell the story right Right, but right. I was so lost. I'm like, damn! I paused it a little. I'm like, shall I be looking up these characters? <laughs> I'm like, who the hell is this? Like, I don't know yeah. who who this is. I knew um, Jack. Uh, what's his name? Jax. I knew who he was because he was pretty much the only black dude on there like that. Um, it was a yeah. couple other characters. I'm like, who is this guy? Probably and then, Sonya, but what they did to Reptile <laughs> made him. Oh, what they do that to Reptile? He's a he's a he's a humanoid man. He's a ninja. Yeah. What, 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 what are we doing? Yeah, so yeah, the the part I hated about the movie too is when uh, a new character appear, and then I'm I'm looking like, damn, who is that? And then they make it super obvious, like, 
oh, wait, is that Lou Kane? <laughs> they just make it super obvious. Hey, what's your name? They just make it super obvious. It's like, man, like maybe this movie wasn't for me because I, like I said, I'm not familiar with the characters. I ain't gonna sit there in front, but I was totally lost in this movie. So I, at that point, I, I'm checked out. I'm just watching for the action at this point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I, I did see a, a lot of people defend this movie, and the reasoning was usually the same thing, and this is something I really got annoyed by. People were saying it was a good movie, it gave us fights and things you wanted, it was bloody, y'all just stuck on a 1995 movie, and y'all just hate that it didn't remind you, it didn't give you the same feeling you were when you were 10 years old, oh. watching Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat was always dumb, the first movie was always stupid. There are some fair points in there, okay? The first movie is not great cinema, okay? <laughs> you go back and watch it, you'll be, cr- it's not an awful movie, is very 90s charming. It's the 90s. It's the but 90s. there are some parts that you're going to cringe at. <laughs> the, the acting was not all, all great. And the, the, the plot didn't make sense in a lot of places. Even if you were big into Mortal like I'm big into Mortal Kombat too. I can tell you are too. I played the games. I know the story. And even back then, the story ain't make sense. Like Scorpion and Sub Zero on the same team. Reptiles right. is a uh, actual lizard that goes into a statue and becomes. The human reptile, okay. <laughs> yeah, a lot of weird stuff in the first movie too, man. But it kept the core of what the story was supposed to be because the story lends itself very well to a movie. Yeah, everybody goes to an island to fight, and whoever loses loses control of like it's for the earth basically. Yeah, if you lose, you lose the earth. So they got to win the tournament. <laughs> this one, it seemed like there were two heads button. I feel. I feel like there were people who knew and respected the story of the game. And I feel like there were Hollywood people that came in and said, nah, y'all got to change it up for today's audience. We can't just have these characters from the games. You got to have a new character and he has to have a relatable story. He got to have a (laughs) wife and kids. He got to have something to fight for. We got to send them on a journey like it's a fucking Marvel movie to go find some shit. They got to awaken these powers because that's the character arc. You know, they have to awaken the powers on their own this time. They can't just have them. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of Hollywood cliche bullshit they fed into the movie. And I think that's what made it bad. The character, the new guy, the main character was, nigga, we don't, we have Sub-Zero and Scorpion is who we came to see, dog. (laughs) And you set up that whole entire first part of the movie and then don't even dress it until the very end. And give us no reason. No reason. Oh, he's back. (laughs) It made no sense. And then, like, they tried to keep the story of the game. Like, okay, there's a tournament. But they said, well, it's legal for you to just go and murk somebody outside the tournament. So what the fuck is the point of a tournament if you can just (laughs) kill and assassinate and shoot whoever before the shit starts? Why even have a tournament? (laughs) Just have a free-for-all on Earth. (laughs) <laughs> Don't call it a tournament, but they called it a tournament, but it never fucking happened because niggas just rolled up on people and killed them. And and then Rayton was like, I don't intervene. Like, uh, there's your go. It's time to intervene. The elder God is cheating. It's time to intervene, Rayton. I, I can tell you the problem with that movie in one article. So there's an article that the actor who played Sub-Zero has signed on for five more movies. Oh my! They goodness. wrote this movie for sequels, and that's the worst thing you can do with a movie. If you have a good movie, nobody even wants a sequel. 
So to write them for sequels, it's just it's going to bring us here. But I think eventually the audience is going to catch on like, OK, this is bad. It might take another movie. It might take another movie. But I guarantee you that next movie will not be 88 percent by the audience because I don't we're so starved for something good, man. Quarantine really hit yeah. us hard. Quarantine yeah. took Black Widow. Quarantine took 007. Mm-hmm. Quarantine took some big productions and we're just starving for something and we got something that besides Godzilla and King Kong which a lot of people can't relate to only really those legacy fans can but it took it took that from us and we're just starving so you know Mortal Kombat it just feels like a blockbuster like the shots are amazing everything is master class and it's just like okay we seen a good movie this is good and it's like <laughs> no man you got duped you got duped again yes <laughs> it's crazy and that's the thing like because people say, well, like, I'm not even mad. I'm a Mortal Kombat fan. I like the story, like I said. But I'm not even mad that it didn't follow the story. I'm just mad it wasn't a good movie. Yeah, it wasn't a good I, story. I would be okay yeah. if they remixed the whole thing. And, and yeah, things were if things were inaccurate to the game, but they made sense for the movie, yeah. I'll be fine with that. Like, switch it up and remix it if you got to. You only got an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. So do whatever you have to. But they try to do both at the same time. They yeah. tried to keep the old school fans happy and the new school Hollywood Marvel fans happy. And it was just a terrible mix, man. It was bad. I agree. It was bad. <laughs> so I think we're all in agreement that the new Mortal Kombat is ass. Yeah. I would not recommend it. Um, so other movies that came out recently. I haven't seen this yet. I've heard bad things about it and that's why. <laughs> I know you and Figgy have watched it, I believe. Some HBO Max uh, DC movies, man. DC's doing a big thing with HBO Max. Movies are coming out. And the first one was Wonder Woman 1984, a movie that was uh, supposed to come out way earlier. Pandemic pushed it back. They announced it was going to be on HBO Max. It came out. I heard some very bad things about it. I heard it was not very good. Uh, Terrell, what you think about it, man? What were your thoughts on it? I liked it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it, man. Okay. So uh, so a lot of what Hollywood is trying to do, but it's a little too risky, is they're trying to get even deeper into the psyche of characters and really try to show the depth. So if we think about, like, the height of macho movies in the 80s, you know, there was never any exploration of emotional depth. So that's what they were going for in Wonder Woman 1984. And then you have a female lead on top of that. So you can go ahead and you can slash the demographic that's going to be drawn to that. You can just slash it. You know, they're gone. Um, you know, specifically white males. Like at that point, they're going to hate that movie because who wants that? But for her to really be dealing with the grief and realizing we're going back to mantles here, but her realizing what being Princess Diana and what, you know, rebelling against the Amazons to defend the the world of man what it costs what it cost her and for her to accept that cost i think that that was a powerful character arc man but and then but people have problems with other aspects of it like cheetah uh but i think in this one the villain wasn't really that important honestly especially with dc when you have these god-like villains being set up um the stakes is just going to be way bigger you know dark side is going to be back you know it, it, we're not worried about cheetah uh cheetah was just another part uh you know that was exploring the vanity 
that was going on um, in the 80s and how that affected uh, Princess Diana and her fight with, you know, moving on. I think that when you talk about concepts like this, you betray your audience when you talk about a comic book film that's going off tropes and, you know, all of these cliches and all of that stuff just to get you to, to that to the next action sequence. And for, you know, at the end when it's like, oh, this all of this action and it it all added up to you giving a speech. You know, people hate that. You So you're constantly betraying them to explore this emotion and you have a female director, you know? So you just kind of see how it's setting up for most people that hate this and not really take it for what it's trying to do. And I think that's unfortunate because Hollywood is gonna step back. They're gonna be like, okay, that didn't work. We're done, we're done with that. <laughs> like now we're just gonna have, you know, Wonder Woman be macho. You know, she's just gonna be beating everybody up now because we tried 1984, it didn't work. So I really like the things that they were trying to go for. Um, and I really liked uh, Wishmaster. I thought that was like a very cool idea because at that point, you confronting, you know, temptation and the, how how powerful that can be and how temptation is a super villain in itself. Look what it does to us in a, on a day-to-day basis. So I feel like what hurt the movie is trying to explore that depth in a time and quarantine where that's the last thing we want. We want to see monsters. We want to see uh, demonic ninjas. We want to see that. So I think that's what hurt the movie because story-wise, I thought that like it made sense uh, except for, you know, them just being able to, you know, fire up a plane from, uh, you know, 1970 that was there just on on a display. But, you know, whatever, plot holes are going to be there. But I really didn't think that uh, it was that bad of a movie. I thought it was a good movie. But, hey, they got a little overambitious. I'll be honest about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let, let me ask you this. How how do you feel about the um the woman? I don't know her real name, but the woman that played Wonder oh, Woman. Doubt that. Yeah. How do you feel about her acting? In that, oh, um, she's a horrible actor, horrible <laughs> actor. And, and that, but that's that's what's best about it because you get to kind of ground her in some action scenes. But some of the action scenes are a little sloppy too. But you get I, to kind of ground her in action scenes and and you know kind of mask it. And she's very 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 fun to look at. So you know you, you got you got enough to get you through. Yeah, I just hate seeing her run. Uh, the, the action <laughs> scenes whenever she run. It's just I'm like, man, something don't look right. And I'm not like a snob when it comes to production and stuff like this. But I'm like, man, this looks so awkward seeing her run in the middle of the street like that. Hollywood is just behind on that. I don't like seeing the flash run, man. It's it's, it's awful. <laughs> Hollywood just 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 it's our it's the next thing that we need to figure out is how to make run, running really fast look realistic. It, it they suffer every time. Yeah, and I've been thinking about it because when I first saw Batman vs. Superman, I liked Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot, however you say her name. Yeah. I liked her Wonder Woman character there, but I guess because you didn't see her a whole lot. So she yeah. was kind of mysterious and cool. And she came out whooping ass and you're like, oh, OK. Yeah. But then, yeah, her her acting is lacking. Yeah. Um, I don't like the fact because I'm a DC guy, too. I don't like the fact that she didn't really put on any muscle, it seemed like, for the role. She's very skinny. I mean, she Amaz- she's queen, basically the w- most badass warrior Amazon out there. Like, she should be a little more buff. Like, these women, and that's a main problem with me and these female uh, heroes in, in these superhero movies. They're not believable. I'm not saying you got to be on TRT and HGH <laughs> and be super. Like, because some of these dudes, they, you, you can tell they're taking HGH and, and steroids and stuff. I ain't saying they got to do that. You can lift a dumbbell, man. Like Scarlett Johansson, I just can't buy her beating every man in the room's ass 
skinny as she is, little as she is. Same thing with Wonder Woman. One thing I like about that new Thor movie, I've seen some pictures. It looks like Natalie Portman's bulking up. It looks like she's putting on some muscle. She's supposed to be the next Thor, basically, or something. Yeah. But it looks like they're preparing her for that role. But everybody else, I'm like, nah, y'all, y'all gotta do a little training too. Y'all can't just be doing cardio and coming as a superhero, man. Y'all gotta <laughs> put on a little bit of muscle, man. Do something. Flat stomach is all you need to, 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 to throw around 400 pound, man. That's all you need. <laughs> I mean, just, just do a little something. Make it a little more believable for me, man. I know it's a superhero movie, but I, I'm just I, I want to believe, man. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about this other movie, the Amazon Prime movie. With, oh, uh, the elephant in the room. Yes. <laughs> the, new, uh, the new Denzel slash Will Smith, according to Figgy's Facebook friend. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I was yeah. expecting a different movie. Wait a minute. Okay. Uh, I was talking, I, I, I'm going with the, a movie Figgy saw and told me was ass, so I didn't see it yet. But I don't <laughs> okay, know Figgy, I see you. I see you. Yeah. It is called. Uh, <laughs> It's without called, remorse. Without remorse with <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. Oh, what a mess. <laughs> oh, it was bad. Oh, it's a mess. But this is the thing. Tom Clancy doesn't make good movies. He, uh, Tom Clancy books just don't translate well. When you're talking about spy stuff, that's like information overload. It's a, it's a war of information. So if you, if you, you know, try to condense these books and, and you know, into movies it just doesn't work you had patriot games you had hunt for red october you had some where they could pull it off but for the most part it's lacking and 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 in this one man i don't know why they wanted michael b jordan to bring the acting caliber of gal gadette i don't understand why they made him so dry but it just didn't work <laughs> and you could say like oh you know he lost his family but he was like that when his family was alive and it was just you could never buy into him and they went big on him man. they they he got so much screen time in that movie and um it just never brought you in you were never really you never really rooted for him man and it was really his story that was probably where they messed up the most but that movie was it wasn't good. It was so bad. Um, it, I I ain't know what was going on. I'm 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 expecting. I ain't gonna lie. I'm expecting to see some action because the preview they got him setting the car on fire, jumping in the car. Ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm like, huh? I'm like, oh shit. Okay, he about to be on some Denzel type action. Yeah. When I seen yeah. that. That was probably the most action in the movie was him setting the car on fire. And that yeah. that kind of didn't look realistic to me. I know it's an action movie, it's all type of stuff that's not real, but just yeah. him walking out out of a burning car, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. like, huh? Yeah. So yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like any of the characters, man. I, I didn't I didn't buy into any of them. I they didn't set up enough for me to mistrust anybody like they wanted me to. I just never was able to walk where they wanted me to with this movie. I could never invest. So it's like even when the action. Even when the action would come, I was underwhelmed. It was just like, okay, you know, all right, y'all pinned down. Y'all going to die. You're probably not going to die. After a while, you're just waiting for the movie then because it's just, it's no stakes, man. It's no stakes. They don't set up a lot. Uh, you're supposed to care about his family because it's Nipsey Hussle's wife or whatever. But I just could never <laughs> buy into it. <laughs> I could never buy into it, man. Now that you mention that, I feel like they made that movie for women. Because Possibly. they because uh, Michael B. Jordan got a lot of screen time and women yep. love um, Lauren London because yep. what, because I don't even think she played in anything uh, as a recent. I was so surprised to see her, man. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's like two reasons to that's support happened. that movie. 
You right. You gonna do that for me, babe? Yeah, yeah. You right. <laughs> Long live Nip. You, you gonna go into a burning car for me? Somebody kill me, babe? <laughs> yeah. Now, now that you bring it up, that I do think that's probably the case. I didn't know Lauren London was in it, but if Lauren London and Michael B. Jordan are in the movie, yeah, that's definitely probably made for women. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a fantasy couple right there, man. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let let's be real about Michael B. Jordan real quick too. Because I feel like he is getting the next push to be the next big Hollywood star. We see it. He was named Time Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. He was, he's getting these starring roles now. He's in a highly publicized relationship with Steve Harvey's daughter. <laughs> and it, it seems like, like I could see a push when I see one. I know a push when I see one. I see the signs of one. And I think he is getting the push to be the next big Hollywood star. Uh, what do y'all think about his acting? Do, you, do y'all think it's there yet? Do you think he needs to improve or do you think he's already solidified as one of the great, <laughs> the so, greats in the game right now? We, we can just be honest. We can just be honest. So if you had taken, if you had taken, you know, Michael B. Jordan's body and you put Chadwick Boseman's talent in there, he deserved the push. Yes. So that, that's really his big issue is the talent just isn't there. Um, some people, they, they, they succeed off ambition. They're like, look, I'm going to succeed and I'm, and I'm succeeding. That's just how some people do it. And that's honestly how he's doing it. Uh, he just, he just doesn't have it. If you, if you were, if you were to tell me, Hey, um, you know, I need you to play an iconic figure, Michael B. Jordan, who's he going to play? You know, who's, who's he going to play? <laughs> oh, Michael B. Jordan. I need you to play a, a distraught uh, lawyer whose wife is cheating on him. Is he going to help you buy into that? Does he have the range? You know, um, then that's what's funny. Cause we were talking about Anthony Mackie earlier uh, and how sometimes, you know, you're just out of it with the, with, with his scenes. And honestly, that's mostly because of editing, but when it comes to acting, you know, Anthony Mackie is a student of Juilliard. He's like polished when it comes to it. And, and you can see his range is just so much further. So if maybe if Michael B. Jordan could like, you know, maybe go to acting school, I know this is crazy. I can't believe I'm <laughs> saying this about, a, about somebody at his caliber, but yeah, man, I, I think that, you know, I don't think the push is going to happen because honestly, I was talking about the casual fan earlier, but there is one thing that every casual fan can see through from a human element. That's bad acting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy because um, when I um, seen that post that saying um, Michael B. George is up there with Will and Denzel. Yeah. I was like, hold, I'm like, hold up. I'm like, look, I'm not a Michael B. Jordan hater, but I'm like, nah, to me, it's, it's first of all, it's way too early because yeah. I feel like that's discrediting um, Will Smith and um, Denzel who've been putting in work to get yeah. to where they are. But yeah. um, I don't know, man. I just, to me, whenever you talk about Will Smith, I know some people feel a certain type of way about his acting, but you could at least point to a, a, a movie that like, damn, Ali, yeah. that's he, he has did iconic this, performances. Yes, and um, and he got other, other movies that was like iconic. Denzel, yeah. you could point to the iconic movies. You could yeah. say, "Damn, Malcolm X, he did his thing," or um, uh, "Training Day." You could you could you could point to those movies. What movies are we pointing to when it comes to Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> Black America is this thirsty for an icon, man. Yes, like, we, we need one yeah. this bad. Yeah, I'm just like, damn, like my man ain't to me. I don't think he got a classic movie. Maybe I'm wrong. Somebody, um, I was kind of going I back mean, and forth with somebody, and they said 
What's what's the movie Fruitvale? Fruitvale Station, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that movie. I, I got to kind of prepare to watch that movie. <laughs> but um, I, I just think he got to have that class, that for sure classic where you say, damn, that was his coming out party right there. <laughs> yeah, Fruitvale Station wasn't a career definer. It's a career maker, but it's not a career definer. I don't think he had that. The closest he had to that was the first Creed. And then, but even with then, even then, he wasn't showing a lot of range acting. He was just being an angry black dude. Yeah. And I, I honestly don't count that either because that was sold as a Rocky movie, man. Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone was in it. Like people went to go see it because it was basically Rocky six or seven or whatever they were up to now. So, yeah, yeah I have a tough time giving that to him. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, uh, no, that 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 push isn't gonna happen, man. All right, I gotta talk about the elephant in the room. We gotta do this. We gotta do this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Wait, is the elephant of the room the Snyder Cut or no, the what, other what movie? It? It's definitely the other movie that was okay. on Amazon Prime. Okay. Wait, is it on the oh, list? Are we talking it, about it, okay. um, coming to America? It's coming to America. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> oh, I forgot. Uh, yeah. We actually talked about this at length. Man. Okay. We, we, we can, we can we, make it short and sweet. I don't we, got that many no, good things. No, no, let's, no, let's I want to hear what you got to say about it because we <laughs> yeah. tore this movie apart. Okay, we did good. Not like this movie. <laughs> okay, I wanna, good. I want to know what you think. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So since y'all both talked about it, I'll try to. I'll try to. So first off, uh, I don't even know how much I remember. I really tried to block that movie out of my memory. <laughs> uh, so I was very disappointed, man. So the writer on here, I don't know if y'all ever watched it, um, but I feel like, I feel like a lot of black people just aren't like ready for him. But the one of the writers on this movie, Kenya Burris, he writes uh, on this show on Netflix called Black AF, and. Uh, I think the dude is brilliant, man. I think the dude is brilliant. And I was like, okay, like if he's, if he's, you know, if he's behind the scenes on this, then maybe they can give us something. But I forgot how corny Eddie Murphy was. Now I know this is blasphemy. I'm not saying like, you know, he's, I'm not saying he's a corny comedian, but his corny worked so much better in the 80s it was insane how much better in the 80s and i honestly feel like if this same movie came out better came out in the 80s i would like it a little bit better but it's just he didn't evolve with the times and when he tried he pandered to the times he pandered to the times and (laughs) he did bad casting and it's crazy how you can cast yourself five times and still manage to mess up the casting (laughs) i don't know how this is possible but too many callbacks why, why do we need callbacks at this point? Coming to America is one of the greatest movies ever made. Everybody who likes movies has, has seen it. Why do we still need callbacks? And I don't know what they did with James Earl Jones. I'm about to start ranting. I don't want to rant. Oh, go ahead. The floor is yours. Because <laughs> I, I actually like James Earl Jones in a movie. I thought he, he was in and out. He didn't even <laughs> leave the bed. Uh-uh. But he did a decent performance, and it was good seeing him because I don't think he's going to be here much longer. So I checked I out at the funeral gaff. At the funeral gaff, <laughs> I checked out with him. I'm like, "What y'all do this character, man?" Yeah, in in the first one, he made so much more sense, but in this one, he was like a he's like satire of his own character, and I'm like, "Stop doing this, Eddie Murphy!" Like, just just you can introduce the new generations to these characters, and then you know go from there, man. But um. Uh, so I think I, I dislike movies more when they're kind of getting that same critical praise like Mortal Kombat got like this, like this got where <laughs> people were trying to find a way to like it. And um yeah, I, so I don't know. It changed it because now that I know you guys already, you know, you had your you had your 
just say about it. Yeah, no, I like I'd yeah. like to just know. I'd like to just know how y'all feeling about it because I could really go on and on. I really yeah. gotta stop myself. I, I got more stuff I want to talk about. Yeah. I gotta stop myself. First of all, I feel like the um the movie shouldn't have been made. I don't think nobody was asking for uh coming to America too. Mm-hmm. But as far as the movie, to me it was kind of um the, the people they had played in the movie was it was kind of pointless. Like why 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 do we see um what's the What's the, um? Why is Morgan Freeman in the movie? Right. Like, to right. Me, exactly. It just yeah. it's, it was way too many cameos. Uh, the Ken the Kenbe Matumbo was in the movie randomly. It was just Rick Ross. Yeah, Rick Ross and <laughs> I, I, and I, I understand why he's in the movie. They was using his house, so they probably gave him a <laughs> one line. Oh no! Yeah! 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 Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah I, it was to me it it was too much. It's, it seemed like I was watching a Disney movie. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, it, this was like uh, girl meets world, not yeah. not boy meets world, and yeah. um, some other things. Um, the, the one thing I did like, I, I I like Wesley Snipes in it. I felt like he kind of did a good job. I kind of miss seeing him in movies. I, I felt like he did a uh, pretty good job. Pretty good job. But um. What else about that movie that pissed me off? It was oh, a- we can go on and on. I really had to yeah, just be like, I, okay, it's real. The, the, main, the, main, <laughs> the main thing that pissed me off is people get mad at, at the people who don't like the movie, talking about, oh, yeah, it's black excellence. And y'all said, I'm like, man, I don't give a damn about black excellence. We was just we was just praising Judith, Judith and the um, Black Messiah. Yeah, like, nobody yeah. shitted on that movie. <laughs> yeah, like I don't yeah. want to hear about no black excellence just because there's a bunch of black people in this movie. We always lower the bar for ourselves, and that's the problem. Because as a now me as a black creator, I'm like shit. I just got to get it out there. Mm-hmm. I get it out. I don't. I, the, what did the quality matter? If I get it out there, I, that's ambition. That's black excellence, and the and the standards should be higher, man. Let's 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 challenge each other. I agree 100%. And one thing I did disagree that Figgy said is he said that nobody asked for this. We didn't ask for this. But plenty of people did ask for this. And this is the fucking problem with nostalgic culture, man. We're in a nostalgic culture era. And I blame all these reboots. I blame all these remakes. Because now anytime a clip goes viral on social media, somebody says, oh, they should bring that back. Oh, Moesha clip? No, they should make a reboot of Moesha. Full House clip? Oh, they should make a reboot of Full House. Now, they actually are making a reboot of Moesha, I heard. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. (laughs) So every time one of these clips goes viral, a ton of people say, we should bring that back. We should reboot that. We should remake that. And they do. Because studios see this and they say, hey, there's money. You know, let's throw a little bit of a budget, you know, not so much that we'll lose a lot, but if it's a hit, we'll make a lot of money off it. And that's what happened here. They clearly spent no money on a script or writing or anything. Yeah. And, they said, hey, and, let's and, just get a bunch of cameos. Yeah. And let's just make this bullshit. And, quick, quick, quick. and they shot it at Tyler Perry Studios. Yes. So the, I think, and I, like I said, I'm not the production snob, but I could tell when it's shot at his house or his uh, studios. It just it's looks. It, it looks so cheesy, man. It just it, it didn't look real. The whole um, what was the the lion thing when that was awful. Oh, it was bad. Awful. It was yeah, it was, it, bad. It, it was goofy. I, I thought I was watching the Disney movie at that point. I'm like, what's <laughs> going on? And then you got Eddie Murphy Murphy saying on fleek and all this shit. I'm like, damn, did y'all shoot this movie in 2016? 
this, this shit was bad, man. This this shit was awful. And um, the the funny part about it, I think I can't remember if you told me Ryan or uh, somebody mentioned it, but. The, the movie is called Coming to America. And it was in America for like 10 minutes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, spent the whole yeah. time in Zamunda. Yeah. I thought yeah, they so should have been coming to Zamunda. Yeah, yeah, I thought they was going to be in Queens for a little bit. I thought they was going to be, you know, there for a minute. But yeah, they Queens went. Made a cameo. Yeah, they went, up, they went up there for like 10 minutes, and that was yeah. it. It yeah. was, uh, yeah, I was I was so pissed. And I, I wasn't really, the thing is, I wasn't even expecting nothing good from this movie. I was just like, you know what? Let me just check it out. It, it is what it is. It's here. But it was even worse than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I, Lower we, the bar. It still didn't help. Yeah. And um, yeah. this 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 is how you know the movie what was bad wasn't even funny. My wife laughed at anything. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she laughed at anything. She did not crack a laugh the whole time. To the point, I thought she was asleep. <laughs> she watched the whole thing. Like I chuckled one. The, the one scene I chuckled was um, when Rick Ross said something in an African accent. So yeah. I was just like, "Damn, okay, he got one line." The in. unintentionally funny part. Was yes, funny. yes. Yeah. They, they got me a couple of times, but I was just so mad at the script, I couldn't forgive him. Still, yeah. it was just yeah. <laughs> the, the other thing that irritated me a little bit. I'm I'm not a fan of Leslie of Leslie Jones. I, I, I'm not, man. She, to me, she wasn't funny. It seemed like she was doing too. I, I hate the um, I hate the typical ghetto black girl that you know, not her, but the character she was playing. Just that ghetto black person who, who that's all she ever plays too. That's her yeah, whole character. The, the loud mouth. I'm just like, man. Like we didn't need her in it. I I I, I ain't really care for um, what's his name, Tracy Morgan, in this either. Yeah, it, yeah. It was it was too much. It was it was trying to be too fun. It to me it was kind of I don't want to compare it to um, next Friday, but it was just too too many jokes. The the too many fart noises. That's yeah. that's not really funny. And when you watch the original coming to America, it wasn't to me. They wasn't forcing anything. It was it was just a little small shit that wasn't supposed to be funny. That was fucking hilarious. Yeah. And um yeah, I just had a problem with this whole movie, man. And, and I feel like the people that liked it never seen the first one. Yeah, I think they didn't care. Yeah. I think a lot yes. of people they don't care. And it's like and that's what that's what sucks, right? When they when they call us haters, sometimes you go, you're getting it called a hater because you care. Mm-hmm. You care enough to pay attention, to follow the story, to respect the writers, respect the director, respect the fucking marketing team but spending millions of dollars so you can know about this and go see it when it comes out and then they you know they cheat you you know and and they cheat everyone but you know people find a way to accept it and it's kind of making me worry about the future of black film where if if you're black is that enough because i watched another show on amazon prime <laughs> okay did y'all get a chance to check out them yes i seen that i, I heard it's really bad yes. i've heard awful things about it uh, i like, did is, is this what we've come to? Like, if, if you just if you just be like, uh, oops, a racism, we all come running and give our money up? Is, is this how we work? And I'm just really starting to get nervous for the future of film. But this 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 them thing is, is terrible. And, and then it's an anthology series. So the next season, they're going to spin it off into a different family. And it's like, we got to start this nonsense from the beginning because the one thing them had going for us was incredible acting. But that was pretty much it. And now that's just going to get taken away. And we got to just go back to this nonsensical story where people are putting 
social and political commentary over cohesive storytelling. And it's just the crime that's very hard to forget. But yeah. the one thing I can't say about them is it didn't fool as many people as coming to America. It didn't get the yeah. same reviews. Uh, <laughs> I talked to a lot of people who hated it. So thank God, man, because I'm really just starting to worry. What What are these executives looking for these jewish execs executives looking for when a black man pitches something to them because our standard is just getting lower and lower man i, I worry about it i do yeah i had a problem with that show be for the simple fact that we've been we've been dealing with all this racist shit for, um for the past two years straight yeah I'm, yeah. I'm tired of seeing shows like this man is it was really uncomfortable i stopped it for a couple weeks I'm yeah. like, nah, I can't, I can't do this I, because it was set my whole mood bad, man. The uh, yeah. it, it didn't start getting good until uh, until like the I want to say the last two episodes, but it was just so uncomfortable. I don't want to hear all these negative words and and um, the scene that really got me. I, I end up going back to it and it wasn't that bad. But when the little girl was at school and the white girl like, hey, yeah, come with us, let's go to the basement. And I'm just like, oh shit, like nah, I don't need to see her getting harassed or raped or, or you yeah. know, some shit like that. I, 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 my mind not set up for that right now, man. I feel like that's all they put out at this point. And it's yeah. like, and damn, it wasn't nothing. To me, it wasn't no really big spin to it. Yeah, it, it's kind of fetishy to me. Like, I, I feel like what would a white director want to be in this time for? they like, oh, it's a period piece. Why do you want to live in this period? And they're not done with us. They're not done with us. Speak yesterday, <laughs> Underground Railroad drop. Like, is this <laughs> never going to end? Is this never going to end? Are y'all constantly going to be like, well, what, what wasn't this an interesting time? Like, no, it wasn't. I, I don't need to constantly see these stories. I need to see stories about current Black leaders emerging. Because we don't have any. We got we got mm -hmm. athletes, but mm -hmm. come on, like you know, they're not studying politics. You know, I, I just don't know. I don't know about the future, man. I I need something different than what we're constantly getting offered. And hopefully, we'll we'll speak by not watching. But I doubt that'll happen, man. I, no. I feel like somebody's watching it. You know, do you feel do you feel like people are, are trying to imitate the Jordan Peele formula? Absolutely. Because yeah. that's because when, when I first seen the preview for um, the trailer for them, I thought it was a spinoff for us. <laughs> I literally thought Jordan Peele. I'm like, Jordan Peele, you, you yeah. had it again. Think, <laughs> I had to get on IMDb. Yeah. Now, I, I, I thought us was cool, but it, I thought it was going to be um, good as um, uh, Get Out. But when I seen it, it was like, all right, it was, it was, it was all right. It was okay. Plus, had too many plot holes. It's like he just. It, it was bad, man. Yeah, it's like this he was just not good to me. Without stopping. <laughs> it yeah. was cool. I never, I, I think I, I never, yeah, I never went back to it. I'll go back to Get Out once in a while. Yeah, but not that, so many plot holes in Get Out, but us, Jesus Christ, man. It's just like, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's interesting. It, it kind of affected Jordan Peele, whereas if he like, all right, man, I'm going, I'm going behind the curtain, and now he's like, oh, I'm an executive producer, but an executive producer, they run the show for real. But now he gets to high, so now he got a different director for Candyman. Take all the risk out of it. Oh damn! You don't have to come back. That. I got a good feeling about Candyman, though. I do. See, but this this is my problem. Y'all kind of touched on it already. Uh, I feel like black creators are getting trapped. And when one thing works, that's all they get to do. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Jordan Peele worked a long time on Get Out. He, I think he said that script took like 10 years. 
he was shopping it for so long. It never got picked up. He finally got a deal to do it. And he made the most out of it because he was his, his passion project. He worked on it for so long. That's why the script is so good. And there's so many little things you don't pick up until you watch it again, because it was written to perfection, man. It took years to write that. Mm-hmm. Us, you could tell he, he wrote that shit probably in a year, probably less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could tell it was kind of, look, we need another horror movie, Jordan. This yeah. one did a whole lot for us. We need a whole a new one next year. Yeah. And you could tell he was rushed. And now Jordan Peele is basically the horror black movie guy who (laughs) has to speak these racial messages into the horror movies. Now they put him on that awful reboot of the fucking twilight zone. Like now he has to be that guy. Maybe he wants to make it. Maybe he wants to make a comedy. Maybe he wants to make an action movie, but now he can't because he's stuck because they know what he did before worked. Yeah. Same thing with these people doing these black trauma movies, man. Like once one works, yeah. now that's all you get to do. Yeah. And oh yeah. What, what was that? Uh, damn, man. I, I'm gonna say that. Antebellum. I Jeez. Seen, I've heard it. I, yeah. I seen that. Oh, yes. I, I like I, Ryan, man. You know how to dodge some bullets, man. I, I, <laughs> I, I get trapped every time. I'm like, I don't want to see this, but you know what? People gonna be talking about it, and I and I fall for this trap every time. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to see it. You, you don't have to see it. They they yeah. tried to give us a new Harriet Tubman, man. That's what they tried. Uh, to do. Yeah, yeah, we well, yeah we actually um I think I talked about it, and um you said it was similar to this uh, uh um a uh, one movie. Where uh, a girl got, um, she ended up getting stuck in slavery or something, and it was it was like the modern day, and she was yeah, trying to fight her it. way out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan said it was a movie similar to that that came. I forgot the name of it, but okay. but um, uh, you said the movie um they they just ran out the field and it was like cars and shit, and it was oh you're to be- talking about N Night Shyamalan the Village. The Village, oh. yes, yes. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah, it, it was a movie where that you think it's in old times, and then they go outside and it's current day. <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible movie, man. Awful. Yeah, so it was. It was kind of. It was kind of similar to that. And after a while, you knew they they was in current day, but they was trapped. But um, yeah, it, I mean, it was good looking at um, um, what's her name, Janelle, Janelle Monet. Oh, uh, oh, you like her? Yeah, I think she's cute. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's this show called Homecoming. Then check that out. Homecoming, I heard of that. I I think I, I heard bet. of that. Okay. Yeah, my my guy Sam Ishmael from Mr. Robot is in there. The dude is incredible. You 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 like Homecoming? Mm. Check that out. All right, so I I am curious about your uh, opinion on this next movie, man. All right, it, it's been very divisive. I think it came out what last. It it was a, a big part of the you know Christopher Nolan. Uh, very upset about this movie getting pushed back due to the pandemic. He did not want it to come to theaters. Well, well, he did want to come to theaters and uh, WB was like, no, it's going to streaming. He demanded it get put in theaters. It bombed in theaters, but I think it did do well worldwide where lockdown uh, was less over there. But Tenet, we got to talk about Tenet, man. This is a very (laughs) divisive movie. Um, I I I want to hear what you think first before I let you know how I think, man. <laughs> right, what do you man, think so, about the movie Tenet? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so Tenet, um, you have that battle, right? Where it's like masterclass filmmaking versus a weak script, and that's that's the battle that I'm I'm always fighting with Tenet. So I'm a big Chris Nolan dude. 
I am a Chris Nolan fanatic. So it was like, and it's funny that you say that because mm-hmm. Tenet was originally supposed to drop on my birthday. And I was like, I knew we were connected. And it, it turned out not to be. They pushed it back because of COVID. And of course, it bombed in the height of COVID because I think it dropped in like the height of COVID. But um, when I seen it first, I was very disappointed, very disappointed. And uh, I stopped my YouTube movie reviews and thank God, because mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to say about one of my favorite directors. But of course, the directing was flawless. Um, of course, that cinematography was flawless. And of course, the sound design was good, but it wasn't great, uh, especially when you think about how good the sound design was in The Dark Knight. So whereas if now it's like, why they're explaining parts of the plot. But honestly, it was way too much explaining of the plot. And it was a point where, so th- I'm going to tell you where the movie was like done for me. <laughs> when she said, you don't have to understand it. Just feel it. And I yes. was like, that was Nolan, early in the movie too. you just gave up on your script. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you just gave up on your script. So it was just like, I knew then that it was just going to unravel. But you can tell that it was really good ideas. You know, uh, that scene where, you know, he fought himself and it, it turned out and he ended up, you know, it ended up sinking and until them fighting each other because they were both going in reverse and forward at the same time. It was like, oh my God, like my mom was blown. But at the same time, you know, it was, it was, it was popcorn, you know, it was like, you know, it was, oh, it's, it's good and hot. And then after a while it's stale and cold and it's just like, ah, and now I'm back to the backdrop of this, of this very confusing story. <laughs> so I was just way too confused to really enjoy it. I was frustrated. I was flustered. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch it again. And people were like, oh, Tenet is a different movie when you watch it again. I watched it again. I was like, okay, I understand it a, a little better, but <laughs> I, I still don't like it. And to this day, I don't like it. And it's funny because when you when you say, you know, if you tell a casual, you know, say, hey, did you like that movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't like it. I didn't like the script. It, you People check out. It's like script. Like, what is he talking about? But it's literally the only problem I have with Tenet because it was executed to perfection. But I just thought that it was just kind of like too incohesive. It just kind of didn't make sense. Too many questions when I walked out of that freaking theater. And yeah, I'm, I'm very disappointed in Tenet. I wish he didn't drop it. But he had a vision and he did it. Yeah, I got to agree, man. And I was looking forward to it, too. I'm a uh, I was a Chris Nolan fan for a while. I think he had been slipping. I wasn't a huge fan of his latest projects. I I thought Interstellar was I was looking forward to that movie a whole lot, but I didn't think it was that great. The ending there was very disappointing to me. But it had great visuals. (laughs) I like Matthew McConaughey's performance. I was like, okay, the acting saved it. I liked it fair enough, but I thought he had been slipping because his peak to me was Memento, The Prestige, and Dark Knight. Like that was him to me at his best, but I, I felt like he had been slipping, but I was still looking forward to Tenet, man. I was looking forward to uh, seeing what he was going to do with this unique idea. Mm-hmm. And like you, I was very disappointed, man. I was talking about going to the theater, risking yeah. COVID for it. I, I don't care <laughs> if yeah. I get sick. Like, screw it, man. It's worth it. I got to see it in IMAX. I didn't see it in IMAX. I watched it I'm at home. But I was so hyped for it, man. And when I watched it, I was like, what the fuck is going on, number one? Number two, this John David Washington, oh, what you, you are Denzel's son, man. What's going on here, dog? Your acting is bad. It, it, it was just not good, man. The worst scene to me 
is when he, because uh, he he's basically supposed to be like some cool ass nigga James Bond. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but he goes to the back of the kitchen where they're about to beat him up. And his his witty line is, I ordered my hot sauce an hour ago. <laughs> the f- who orders hot sauce? Like, who who told him to say that line? It had to be him. I, I, I want to believe that Chris Nolan didn't write that in the script. <laughs> he didn't. Who, who the I fuck don't... orders hot sauce? <laughs> what the fuck was he talking about, man? And that's when I was like, okay, this dude, John David Washington, needs some work, man. He, he I know he's in his 30s now. He's kind of up there, but he could not carry this movie. Robert Pattinson did a good job, I felt. He did a great job. He's always, he's always good, man. He's always good. That bad is going to be insane. He is going to be that got the one good thing about this movie. It got me excited for the Robert Pattinson Batman because <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> I know he's going to be good. Yeah. But you like you said, man, the plot, I'm not going to say it doesn't make sense because that's what triggers people. Yeah. And they go to point to Reddit and all these YouTube videos <laughs> that explain exactly what happened in the movie. Yeah. And they'll say, see, this does make perfect sense. Yeah, they explain it in theory. It. In theory, yeah. they still don't know. <laughs> if I got to look at Reddit and YouTube to make sense of the plot, then it wasn't a good plot, man. <laughs> I, I should be able to get the gist of it at the very least after one watch. I agree. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was disappointed, man. Uh, there was some weird stuff like no muzzle flash on the guns. The, some of the action scenes were very odd. Um Nolan's losing it, I hate to say, because I love Nolan too, man. I was a big fan of his. I think he's slipping. I think he needs to take a break or something, find himself, and come back back strong. Go back to Batman. He's born to direct Batman. Yeah. I would see The Dark Knight Rises was awful. So I don't want him to go. It was, are you, that was a bad Batman movie. That movie was awful, man. Come on now. You like Dark Knight Rises. So all of this descent with Gotham and somebody finally wins and Batman loses and he has to come back. And that wasn't enough for you. That was that was empty. Yes. <laughs> I don't think Nolan really understood. But see, I, I'm a comic book nerd and it gets me. Oh, no, you, Nolan don't give a shit about the comic. He book. doesn't. <laughs> Batman, Batman wouldn't quit because his girl got killed. He wouldn't for eight years. Yeah. He just said, fuck it. He yeah. wouldn't quit because his girl got killed. He would go harder. Would I didn't go. like that. I didn't like the fight scenes. I didn't like, and I could talk all day about this damn movie, Dark Knight Rises. I was so I saw the midnight opening after watching, after working the whole midnight shift, man. Like I, oh. I went at like, I went at six a.m. after working the overnight at Best Buy. I worked all fucking night, no sleep. <laughs> went straight to the theater to watch this fucking three hour movie. <laughs> And I was disappointed so much, man. Oh, was, that's crazy. I was, I was waiting to me. see Batman versus League of Shadows for so long. I I, I liked it. That's crazy. So you thought it was terrible. That's it was so bad. <laughs> Maybe if, if it wasn't for Batman and Robin, probably the worst Batman movie to me. Wow. I it definitely think it's the worst of the Dark Knight trilogy, but geez. All right. All right. <laughs> bad, man. You can't have a Batman movie with barely no Batman in it. That's my biggest problem. Batman's well, barely you know, in the movie. did a good job. Karen, that thing? Oh, you didn't like with that weird ass voice that they clearly overdubbed because you couldn't hear him the first time. <laughs> uh, like he has some quotables, I give you that. But no, nah, man. He, you didn't like the ideology he represented. 
it was okay, but it turned into I want to blow the whole thing up at the end, and it's like, okay, we've been here before. So, well, yeah, nah. but that was and then just, he was just a tool. He, and then he wasn't even the main bad guy, and he got killed off screen by Catwoman. See, yeah, I'm getting off track. I agree. I'm I agree. Sorry. That's, that was a, that was a weird decision. I'm getting off track. My bad. My bad. I, but killed, killed, killed is you know that's questionable. That's yeah. Questionable. My bad. I'm getting off track, man. Uh, no, you're not. No, you're not. I, just, I thought it was interesting. I never heard like a uh, uh, complete like hell no on, on Dark Knight Rises. I, I like Dark Knight Rises though. Man, nah, that 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 Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in it too much for for basically nothing. For nothing. I get that he had a crush yeah. on Joseph Gordon-Levitt because he was in Inception and he did a good job there. He did not need to be I, in this. I think he movie. always kill it. Oh, think- my name is Robin, by the way. Dude. Get it. <laughs> Cause I'm like Batman. He's you make Batman, it sound so much cornier. They played <laughs> it, it so, corny, they played it so much cooler in the movie. <laughs> he, he was so much slicker than that. He's just like it's Robin. I'm like okay, uh, name okay, Robin, that's, I knew way. it. I knew like, that okay, was Robin. Fucking Robin Harris. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was waiting. Robin. They gave him that character art the whole movie. Like this dude's a hero, man. <laughs> Oh, man. Here's my secret cape where you can become Batman with no training at all. Go ahead and knock yourself out, man. The training might have came. I could talk all day about that movie. I'm not. I'm sorry. We're off track. Uh, Was there anything else we should bring up? Anything else you got on your list, man, we could talk about real quick? I got a boatload of recommendations. Yeah. Okay. Recommendations. And I was like, boo, 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 boo. (laughs) Let's do it. For the people listening, that was my antennas. They was just, they they went off when (laughs) he said that. So uh, there's some incredible shows out right now. So, uh, I don't know how y'all feel about animations. Y'all, y'all into the cartoons? The, yeah, the, Invincible. I already know you're okay, going to say Invincible. Good, good. You beat me to Invincible. <laughs> I just watched watch. that last night. I know y'all probably messing with that Castlevania new season just dropped. Yeah. Uh, another thing. So earlier I talked about, uh, I said, I said, later on I'm going to say some confusing stuff. So uh, you talked about The Village, made by M. Night Shyamalan, uh, one of the worst renowned directors in Hollywood. Mm. And this show that he got servant, uh, it's like the best horrible show you could ever watch. Oh, so wow. if, if anybody wants something that's like creepy, but a little bit of frustrating, but a little bit addictive, cause you just gotta see what the hell is going on. Yo, get on Apple TV and check out Servant. Uh, another thing, if, uh, you know, you're going through kind of a withdrawal because the boys is, you know, taking forever to come back out. You can go ahead and check out Jupiter's legacy. It is not as dark as the boys, but Hey, if you like the Cape Crusader thing, Netflix got you on that. Uh, also, I don't know if anybody, nobody seems to be into this. I don't know if it's just like a old white men kind of thing, but I, I still follow the Hannibal universe. Uh, CBS just dropped the show Clarice. It's creepy as hell. Uh, if you like that kind of stuff, if you like that show FBI, a lot of people like CVS, stuff like that. This is like a dark twist on that because it's in such a dark universe. That's highly recommended. Uh, and then we can switch over to the movie side. A lot of movies is dropping. A lot of movies is about to drop. It's a movie that a lot of people was kind of sleeping on. I didn't hear a lot of stuff about it, but Liam Neeson dropped this movie called The Marksman. Liam Neeson can drop trash. He can just drop some garbage and nobody will ever know because he made Taken and he's like everybody's favorite dad now. So <laughs> nobody <laughs> notices when he makes an average or bad movie. But this one was actually good. So if you get a chance to check out The Marksman, go ahead and do that. Um, then you got Guy Ritchie. Uh, I'm a big fan of Guy Ritchie. I don't know how people feel about him, but he got a new movie coming out with Jason Statham. And I know a lot of people is like, oh, Jason Statham, you know, because 
he's a little one-dimensional. But if you get a check, chance to check out Wrath of Man, uh, go ahead and check it out. Um, if you didn't get a chance to check out my boy Bob or Odenkirk, so uh, you got better call, not, uh, yeah, you got better call Saul, you got Breaking Bad that created this character, and you get to see just how good Bob Odenkirk is. But this time, he tries to get way outside of the box and be an action hero. And in some scenes, it actually works. So, okay. if you if you're looking for something that's just gonna kind of surprise you and catch you off guard. That's definitely one. I'm not saying it's an Oscar contender. It's not the greatest movie I've seen. But, hey, in 2021, we need action movies right now because, hey, what's the cheapest thing you can make? A horror movie. And that's all we're getting. We're getting so much horror. So I'm glad that the action movies are starting to come back out. Uh, But if you want to do horror, you can go The Unholy. Uh, Zack Snyder, who just dropped um, the best apology movie i ever seen in the Snyder Cut. Um, he's dropping Army of the Dead May 21st about some people robbing a bank in the middle of the zombie apocalypse and I'm just like what am I about to see so <laughs> if, that, if that's something that you want to check out you got to check that out any of those Angelina Jolie fans she might be finally over a heartbreak of Brad Pitt she got a new movie <laughs> dropping called Those Who I Wish You Dead <laughs> man she, she's coming back she's coming back hard she's coming back on that action so she's coming out with those who wish me dead if that's what you want to check out and then if you want to go to the indie scene i just got one more recommendation there's a movie that's creepy as hell and it's a good chance that people don't like it but you know what i like divisive movies so if y'all ever get a chance to check out jacob's wife please check that out okay it's weird as hell, but some people like weird. And those are just some of the movies that's on my mind. When you said that, I'm just like, okay, I got to say this out loud. So, <laughs> yeah, check them out, man. Check those out. Okay. I like the recommendations. One more since you mentioned action movies. I did see a trailer a couple of days ago for a movie with Maggie Q and Sam Jackson. It's called The Protégé, apparently made by the same director who did John Wick. It's an okay. action movie. Check out the trailer if okay. you haven't. It's on YouTube called The Protégé. That snuck by me. I don't know how. It looked pretty cool, man. It's a cool okay. looking. It looks very John Wickish. Very okay. John Wickish. Uh, but it has John a uh, Maggie Q in it. So okay. Yeah, All check right. that out, man. Check out the trailer. Um, and, and you see, you mentioned it, man. We didn't get your thoughts on the Snyder cut. Uh, what did you think about that movie? I saw the first Justice League. I was disappointed. I didn't see the Snyder cut because it's four hours, and I, I heard it wasn't. Snyder cut. It was okay. four hours long, man. <laughs> <If> you. <laughs> If you went through the heartbreak of the two and a half hour train wreck that was Justice League, you owe this to yourself. And if you remember any of the Justice League, it's even better. But if you want to talk about every problem you had with the Justice League, everyone being fixed, this is worth four hours. it It doesn't feel like four hours. So you know something magical is happening if somebody can sit you down for four hours <laughs> and it doesn't feel like four hours because you are finally getting everything you asked for. And it's to the point where Zack Snyder to this day has still never seen Josh Wheaton's version of Justice League. That's how much he didn't believe in his vision. Soon as the studios brought him in, he checked out. Because he had that different of a vision and he was able to manifest that vision to perfection. I want to watch it again, but I admit I don't have another four hours. But one of these days, one of these days, I want to sit down and I'm going to enjoy that thing again. But trust me, they fixed everything. Um, They gave... 
they gave more screen time to uh, villains that we really cared about that we saw, you know, kind of in the background. We knew they were around, but they never showed up. Uh, they spent more time on character arcs. They went belly up on the Flash and Cyborg's character arcs made you kind of invest in them like oh they didn't get a movie where here's their little mini movies so they gave you a chance to really invest fully where the first one just ripped you off out of all of that and then they took a lot of those action scenes that you got in the first one they expanded on them they, they made them way more they made them make more sense so if you haven't seen a Snyder Cut and you are you said you're a DC guy Right, yeah. you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself. <laughs> you're, you're gonna thank. You're gonna thank us. You're gonna be like, okay, all right. I, I was sleeping because a part of you probably then was like, I'm not getting my heart broke again, and you're not about to take four hours to do it. I understand, but trust me, it's worth every minute, man. I really love Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League. I'll watch it because you recommend it. But my main problem is I'm not a huge fan of Zack Snyder, and I feel like we okay. go to war about that. No, that no. Nerds of Superman was one of the worst movies I've seen in the theater. I agree. I agree. I did thought you, that movie was awful. Did you watch the director's cut of that? I didn't. Yeah. But that I watched the his, that was his movie. I watched it. No, no cut, no Joss Whedon coming in to change shit. That was all Zack Snyder, man. So I'm gonna tell that you something. Zack Snyder is a very long-winded director, and he yeah. comes out with his visions, and the studios is like, nah, like <laughs> this this ain't gonna work. You gotta cut this, you need to cut that. So they always impede on his vision. So I'm gonna I, I'll just I'll just like straight up say it like a lot of times studios is holding snack Zyder back uh, and you might think like, oh, you know, do you really care about, you know, the source material that you that you expanding upon? And he really does. But a lot of times the studios just step in. Warner Brothers can be extremely greedy and they're just trying to maximize. And even with uh, Justice League, you know, they told him, like, you know, don't put Darks out in there. Like, you hold yeah. that. You hold that for our sequels. And that's just not what a true director or writer wants to do ever. So um, I, I'm not mad at that, though. I'm not the biggest Snyder guy, but I trust him with DC. I do. Okay. I feel you. And, and Figgy, I know you watch a lot of TV and movies too. Uh, I know you've been watching yeah. Godfather of Harlem. That's yeah. back on TV. You got any recommendations or things you've been watching that you want to recommend to the people? Uh, n- not really, man. Because I, I kind of been the only only thing I will recommend is um, and this was recommended by Arian Foster was Kingdom on Netflix. So it's pretty much like the Korean version of Walking Dead. I recommended that too to you about a year ago. Yeah, big. yeah, it, <laughs> it's, it's good, man. It, it's good, it's insanely good. Yeah, I've been be- waiting on that season. I'm still waiting on why you remind me I ain't get that season two yet. Now I'm mad, man. Yeah, it, it's good, man. Especially with me, I uh, I started off as a Walking Dead fan, and yeah. the only reason I I watched that I, I watched a couple uh like the first couple seasons and. To me, it just took that 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 show just took a turn because I thought it was going to uh, give us an answer on why are these people turning into zombies, and they never they never did that. They just pushed them to the back, and there was a whole nother storyline. But and by that time, I was kind of stuck watching it because I wanted to see what happened. But um, this this kingdom to me is really good. It's, it's hilarious watching these um, these zombies run. They they kind of run with their hands. They kind of run like this. And they run, however. Yes, it's, it's hilarious, but it, it's pretty good. I, my wife was enjoying it, and she usually don't watch shit like that. But um, 
I thought it was pretty good, man. That that yeah. Shout out to um, you and Arian Foster because that was, quick, that was the only times I ever heard heard of that show. How do you feel about Hollywood kind of trying to evolve the zombie? Like in the new zombie movie that I was talking about, Army of the Dead, there's zombies in there like actually doing like karate and shit. Do you think like you know? Do you think it should always be that legacy zombie, you know, that brains, brains, or do, do you think that Hollywood is kind of making a mistake? Just kind of, you two, right? Like, are they trying to, like, overdo it? Just trying to, like, how can we really make zombies more interesting? Because, honestly, I, I don't care about the zombie genre, so I always appreciate any step they're trying to take to kind of move the genre forward. The zombies genre, I feel like it's been overpopulated yeah. five years ago yeah and it's gotten worse every year like we get the fucking zombies man i think we've had enough movies and tv shows about zombies walking dead been going on for it seems like 20 years now yeah like it's just never gonna end this zombie shit like can we just think of something else like can we just have a different disease and not be zombies we pay for <laughs> zombies man it's ridiculous i would take the i am legend things over zombies at this point, man. Okay. Like, just do something else and don't call it zombies, because uh-huh. <laughs> if you didn't like I Am Legend. No, I Am Legend. That's just a soft spot for me with these vaccines, man. I got my oh, first yeah. shot yesterday, and I was, oh, man. my sleep was weird yesterday. Yeah. I, I, I can't handle I Am Legend. That's a little realer. Like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's a medical malpractice, huh? That's, that's, nah, that's too worry. realistic for me, man. Will Smith gonna save me, man. He gonna be all right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But yeah, man, the zombie genre, and I play video games too. So okay. zombies in video games and movies have been played out for a while. Yeah, and sure. people got to do something else, man. Let, let, let's brainstorm some other threat that can affect the people and, and not just be zombies eating people because that's gotten played out, man. Yeah. It had a resurgence when the bath salt thing was going on and like, hey, there's real zombies out here. That was years ago, man. We moved past that. So. We pay for those zombies, man. We pay for yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about them. We pay for them. Yeah, I know. I don't get it either. But I think it's because just because people, for whatever reason, I think especially white people too, they fantasize about that happening in real life. Yeah. They yeah. say, hey, I have a zombie. So I've met people with actual zombie survival kits. Like legit shit. Oh, like they oh. actually buy these things and like, hey, just in case something happens, you know, I got an axe in here. I got some <laughs> food and rations. Oh. I got medicine and a medical kit. I'm like, dog, you watch too many fucking movies. Ain't no zombie apocalypse going to happen, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. The, the zombie genre is just symbolic of, of, of viruses. I don't I don't know why people, but we're kind of obsessed with viruses. A lot of people, yeah. are, you know, they, they always think they're sick or got something, man. I, I, I seen a guy, man, when I was getting my vaccine, the dude just had this panic attack. And it's just like, that's that's this, that's the news and the zombie stuff where a dude is just like, oh, my God, what's in me? And he just lose it. And I think that's the same thing that draws to the theater, man. I think we're just fascinated by it. Man. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, and, and they'll never stop making these things, man. Yeah. You know what random movie was good? Well, it wasn't good, but the concept I thought was pretty interesting. This movie called Blindness came out years and years ago mm-hmm. it was about it like people just started suddenly going blind and the, the the people who were already blind before this they were starting to rule the world because they're already used to it is it on and uh is it on it, it, it's called it, it might be 
it might be. It came out, I want to say like 10 years ago. It came oh, out 10 years ago. Okay, yeah, well, maybe, oh, I know maybe like a year ago, uh, yeah. Jason, Jason Momoa, God, Aquaman, man. I can't say his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah he came out with a show called C and everybody was blind. Yeah, I, I, I seen a Same couple, thing. I seen like two episodes of that. Yeah. Dude, I couldn't get past two either. <laughs> I couldn't get past two either. I was just like, what? Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. all I could, you, I was you, all I could do. You know, it's rough when um my wife started talking about, I went, how did they do that? So yeah, just, oh, 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 so you whole, yeah, how did they get that whole setup and how did they know where to do? And I was just like, man, all right. <laughs> like, that opening scene, that opening scene, I'm like, oh yeah, I got one. <laughs> it was like 40 minutes later, like a damn, like oh, I, 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 I'm checked out. Yeah. It's crazy when they just make you check out when like the premise just, just it just doesn't hold up. It can't, can't. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Well, well, look, man, it's been a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Like like I said, we don't talk about this a whole lot because we talk a lot about music and sports and other things in a podcast, but we love movies and TV shows as well. So glad that we finally got this out of our system, man. Glad yeah, we yeah. finally got to break down some movies with a, a fellow movie lover, a fellow auteur, if you will. Yeah, man. A guy who's really into it. And we yeah. definitely gonna do this again, man. We Hell probably yeah. gonna wait, have a few other things come out, then we're gonna have you on again, break it all down. Cause I had a lot of fun here, man. Um, and last but not least. We have an official confirmation. Uh, this has been rumored for months now after Rihanna broke up with that billionaire. She was <laughs> dating for a while. Um, ASAP Rocky had a GQ uh, photo shoot, which I will say looked very sus to me. <laughs> Done it always. Yes. Are you true. surprised? No I'm, no, I'm not surprised <laughs> at all. Nothing after that underwear ad that a schoolboy Q clowned him on. Oh, that, I'm not that surprised. Was the whole ASAP mob too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not surprised with his uh, suspect looking photo shoots no more. <laughs> but he did in the cover story confirm that him and Rihanna are in a relationship. He says she is basically everything to him, the inspiration, blah 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 blah. Um, do you feel a certain type of way about this? I do. <laughs> I okay. do. I do because, um, you know, from what we know from Rihanna over the past couple years, Rihanna is really woke. I would say she's kind of more woke than I, I thought she would have been. She, she kind of get vocal on certain things. I think she, um, I think she, I forgot. She blocked somebody for, um, saying something crazy, but, um, it, uh, yeah, she she kind of she kind of got that political side to her where she you know she she kind of stand with the black folks. So it, it's surprising that she's dating somebody like ASAP Rocky, who said all the shit he been saying, the wild shit he been saying over the mm-hmm. over the years. So I'm just wondering. I wonder if they even had that type of conversation. If she checked them on anything or what. But um. Yeah, I I do think that's kind of strange, uh, them two, because it it seemed like it seemed like a, a, a nigga like ASAP Rocky, she would have him blocked just for uh, all going through all the bullshit he was going through. Uh, I forgot all you, you we know all the shit he was saying at one mm-hmm. point. Um, he he was kind of to me he kind of came across as a uh, all lives matter guy. He basically said racism don't exist because white women love him. And he loves white women and, and goofy shit like that. So, yeah, yeah, so it's just it's it's kind of shocking that they're deep in this relationship like this. I have a different take. Mm. I think Rihanna's toxic and she's using these rappers whenever it's album time. 
Mm. Because you have to remember who she's been in a relationship before. She's been with Drake for albums. She's been last album. She was with Travis Scott. Remember that? Mm. She was with Travis Scott for anti. I forgot anti, about that. You said she was dating Travis Scott and that was arguably her best album. Mm. Now she got a new album coming out mm-hmm. and now she's suddenly dating ASAP Rocky. Mm. She always dumped these guys shortly after these albums come out, by the way. <laughs> so I think every time it's album time, she date a new rapper. They probably write her verses for free. I don't know. She probably gets some kind of discount. And uh, they, she, they get drained for their inspiration. And then she moves on, man. Mm. I don't think this is going to last. I don't see it lasting. Damn, okay. I didn't even think about it like that. And now that you put it that way, that's probably what every singer do. Every, yeah. Ariana Grande they always dating somebody new around album time. She, remember she was with the uh she was what she, I think she was with the Dream at one point. Yeah. She's she with, just got married to a real estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I I guess I can see that. So that I mean, I guess that's good for Rihanna fans. That means the album is uh, is coming pretty soon then. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have something to then, talk about. Then she get back with a uh white billionaire. Oh, from definitely. Another country. I, <laughs> yeah, then suddenly Fenty is going to go up and the stock price is going to jump. But yeah, that's what I think is happening, man. I think she's had a record for dating rappers whenever it's uh, uh, album time. Yeah. And it usually don't last too long. So I don't know. We'll see. But <laughs> it, hey, ASAP is, is lucky. Is it a little troubling that she's dating ASAP and not another rapper that's currently hot or got some... Just because you haven't been on an ASAP um, bandwagon for uh, oh, not for at me. all. Yeah, yeah. So, do this kind of concern you a little bit, or you kind of got a little faith in ASAP Rocky, uh, giving her inspirations? I guess. Hell no. This, <laughs> this album is gonna be a look. Let's face the fact now, and I know it's unfair to rate an album before it comes out. This album is gonna be a disappointment. Mm. <laughs> because it's been too fucking long since her last album. And her last and album, her last was, album really was great. It yeah. was great. Like, I'm not even Rihanna fan. I thought that album was great. <laughs> like, there's no way this album is going to live up to that. Yeah. No way. She's been away from recording for too long. And no, she's not going to come back. I'm, Rihanna fans going to love it no matter what. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to have some bangers on it. But there's no way. I think part of the reason she hasn't released music is she's scared of the follow-up. You know, that's what paralysis in artists, that happens sometimes. When you have an album that's so dope, same thing happened to Dr. Dre. Yeah, He knew he couldn't follow up Chronic 2001. Mm-hmm. So he just didn't try. Yeah, I would do the same thing, honestly. If I came out with the album of the decade and niggas like, oh shit, the next album about to be even better. <laughs> I might fucking retire after that, man. <laughs> yeah. And Rihanna could retire if she I, wanted to. I go out on top. <laughs> so, yeah, this album is going to be a disappointment no matter what I feel, man. But yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see it happen. I think the layoff has been too long. I can't remember if any I can't remember any artist taking this much time off between albums and having an album be better than the last one. Yeah. So, 
Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll bake the trend, but I, I, I just don't see it happening, man. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll stay tuned, and yeah. maybe it'll have some ASAP vibes. We, we'll break every track down like we usually do with big releases, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unless it's twenty-five songs or something if bullshit it's like that. No, then we, we ain't. That, yeah. yeah, we're just gonna do a general recap. <laughs> Also, you got to give a a special R.I.P. It's been too many R.I.P.s this year, unfortunately, man. Way too many, it seems. Um, And we have to give another one to Paul Mooney. Unfortunately, passed away this week. He was 79 years old. Of course, everybody knows him as uh, Richard Pryor's writer. Also had those classic segments on (laughs) Chappelle's show on Mm -hmm. Ask a Black Guy and Negro Domus. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and uh <laughs> he, he about was, that. He, he, it was classic man he was a legendary comic i always appreciated the comics that were unafraid to make their audience uncomfortable and i feel like paul mooney personified that man like yeah. he he was he was gonna say what he had to say and he didn't care what people in the audience thought <laughs> or how they were gonna take it uh, very very pro black of course if you've seen his comedy you know that so did you see yeah. did you hear about one of his shows where he um he just got on stage and said he gonna he gonna sit here until every white person walk out <laughs> do you remember that i heard about that happening he, yeah he just sat there and uh i think i want to say he might have broke out the newspaper or something and he said he's gonna sit here until every white person walk out <laughs> That's yeah, I crazy, think man. I think after all the white people end up walking out, he ended the show. <laughs> 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 I'm like, only he could do some shit like that. Yes, I, I did hear towards the end uh, of his stand up, he he was kind of doing shit like that, which yeah. I would honestly be pissed if I paid for. Yeah, a, a lot of people, happened, not even just white people, a lot of black people was pissed. Like, man, this shit is yeah whack. Like you can you can offend and say offensive jokes if you want, but no, nah, you're gonna give me a show if I pay for it, man. Yeah, so that's just crazy. <laughs> but no, nah, he he was a le- legendary comic, legendary career. Um, sucks that we lost him, but you know he gave us a lot of material throughout the years. So definitely look him up on YouTube, man. If you hadn't seen a whole lot from him, you're gonna be entertained. You're gonna laugh. You're gonna be shocked. You're gonna yeah. be like, I can't believe this nigga talked about Oprah like that. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, he had classic material and he will be missed by the black community, by the com- comic community, by everybody, man. Yeah. Funny dude, R.I.P. Yeah. You have been tuned in to the sweet sounds of the Gems and Juice podcast. <laughs> we appreciate y'all joining us again for another content filled episode. Thank you to our special guest, uh, film critic Terrell. That's we that, that's the label we putting on him. I don't think that's his official label. That's what yeah. we putting on him, though. Yep. Next time a big release coming out, we gonna have him on. We gonna break down uh, whatever movie it is. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be fun breaking down Black Panther two when that drops. Oh man, with him. <laughs> oh man, we gonna have a field day with that one. I yeah. can already tell. Are you gonna watch it? You gonna watch it? Yeah, of course I am, man. Okay. Come on now. Come I, on, man. Oh, no, I was just making sure some shit, when, yeah. when it get a little too silly, you kind of like, nah, I ain't even going to put myself in there. I'll, I'll have to watch Black Panther too, but I, yeah. I'm almost certain I'm not going to like it. Yeah. But. <laughs> Speaking of films real quick, um, it's reported that um, Jeremiah will be on power on one of the power books. Oh, God. Jeremiah. 
Wait, the, uh, the one about Tommy or the one I'm, about... Uh, it looked like it say Power 4. Oh, okay. The I, V, and then the V, the numeral letter I, V. So, 50 Cent is in Houston. We got to see if we can get a cameo on Power. For real, man. We, yeah. we got to see where he's shooting, and we just got to walk by. <laughs> we we got to yeah. do something to get on that show, man. Yeah, he probably filming at the gallery or something. We, shit, we might get a part in the movie. Seem like everybody else getting <laughs> a chance. I, might I think get I can act Lee better Rose. than Tariq. <laughs> <laughs> we could definitely Teach act better than Ray game, J. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> we got to find out where he's filming. But yes, I didn't know that. That's surprising. Hopefully, he can act. But I mean, that's yeah. not a prerequisite really to be on the much. show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll check that out as well. Uh thank you all for rocking with us as usual. Um gonna have some of extra content on YouTube. So follow the YouTube channel. I know we've been slacking, I've been slacking, uploading some shit on YouTube. That's gonna change, man. I'm gonna upload a whole bunch of clips. We're gonna have the exclusive interview with a special Cleveland rapper that you will find in the coming days. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, man, we gonna keep rocking and rolling. Appreciate y'all joining us. Shout out to Tab. Check out Tab Tech Online. All that cool stuff he got in there. He might give you some cryptocurrency advice as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, check out that out. Shout out to Jasmine as well. Always in the background grinding for us, doing the hard work, doing good things with us. So, appreciate her as well. Appreciate all y'all. And until next time, make sure you check out Figgy, 10 to 2, Sports Radio 610, In the Loop. Weekdays on, you know, what he doing, doing what he do. The best in the world is what he does. <laughs> and yeah, man, until next time. Peace. Peace.